Hello everybody and welcome to Bevies with the Boys. It's season question mark, episode question mark. This isn't part of the season anymore. We're just doing a special episode because the LPL is kicking off in a couple of days time. So we decided to get together, do a bit of power rankings, do a bit of a, of a chat on, on what's going on. I'm Munchables, joined by Dagda as always with the boys and our special guests tonight are two of the biggest LPL heads and content creators for LPL English. Um, it's Karen Moser. And, oh, sorry, Kelsey Moser. I, I read it every single time. Every single time your Twitter tag gets me and, and I will dominate as well. Who has very recently uh, been allowed to co-stream. If, if, I'm, if that's correct. I can't remember if it's co-stream or, or live view. I always get mixed up. But congratulations, mate. You can now actually watch it on your screen. Yeah, no, it's actually super sick. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. But LPL has actually been, yeah, super, like, uh, welcoming to me. Um, even since, like, last year when I when there was the boot camp in, in China, they, they gave me, like, an account and allowed me to um, spectate, like, the pro players and stuff. And now they're letting me co-stream. So, yeah, it's been sick. Oh yeah. So let's let's do a quick whip around before we get the LPL conversation going. Uh, we'll introduce ourselves and just show what we're going to be drinking tonight. So Kelsey, I'll go over to you first. What are you drinking tonight? And tell us what's going on in your world over over in North America. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually drinking this wine um, called Barbera Dalva. I had it recommended to me i go to, to this wine bar and i just say you know give me a mystery wine that's what i got it's a red wine um but i'm drinking it out of a coffee mug because i don't have a wine glass and i figured if it's 11 a.m on a saturday and i'm drinking out of a wine bottle on stream i guess it's a little bit sus so mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm putting a, a barrier but now you guys actually know and can judge me that i'll probably make it all the way through this by the end of the episode so there you go I, I think the the mug is the esports way to do it anyway, so uh, we we'll take that. Uh, Dagda, over to you, mate. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, so I'm on vodka, but it's grapefruit and rose vodka with some uh, soda water added. Yeah, it's really really nice. Uh, picked it up in Tesco because apparently they're TSM fans, but um, yeah, it's good. Happy. Uh, other than that, not much going on my end. I uh, just moved back to Ireland from China, so I've been trying to get my life together, uh, and then getting ready for LPL that starts on Monday. I know, yeah, it's it's rapidly coming around the corner. Dom, what are you drinking tonight, mate? Uh, so I I I've been off the uh, you know, like all the other types of seltzers, um, and now I'm on, I'm on the truly. This is the one that I'm drinking now. Truly, so, never heard of it. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's like I think it's just better flavors um, than than the other ones I've tried. So yeah, we're on we're on the truly grind now. Okay, I feel like I feel like seltzers over in America are the equivalent of like. Uh, fruit ciders over in the UK, where we have like Recorder League, uh, Copperberg, and like a million other different brands of these fruit ciders. Which to me, I don't drink them; they all kind of taste the same to me. But uh, like everyone has their own personal personal preference on on which side. Yeah, I mean, this one is just better than White Claw. That's all I'll say. It's like this one just tastes better than White Claw. So, and they have like different flavors. So that's why we're that's why we're on it now. We've we've got like story progression. Sorry, I'm pretty ahead. sure Munchables just called you weak, so it's it's fine. It's all right. <laughs> it's 11 a.m. on a Saturday. I understand. I'm a, I'm a bit of an ale snob. I'm not going to lie, but uh, <laughs> I will say we've got like a, a bit of a narrative progression here going on with Dom. Because last time you were on the show, you'd only just discovered White Claw, and you were like raving about yeah. how amazing White Claw is. And now you're like, I'm so past White Claw. White Claw is that's the yeah. old me. 
He did call himself yep. a degenerate though for it, so I don't know. That's true. Yeah, I mean it's definitely like a degen type of drink, you know? Like it's not it's not a it's not wine in a coffee mug. It's uh some other shit that you that you just drink to, you know, just like while you're while you're drinking it, you just know you're a piece of shit. It's like, yeah, I'm drinking at like one on a fucking Saturday. I mean, I'm the equivalent of like a 21 year old college kid, except I'm 30 years old and all I do is talk about video games. So you know, you, you just gotta like accept exactly. it at this point, you know. And it's like alcohol in, in a coffee mug, if I have a brand, that's basically it, right? Because I don't actually make the effort to do so, but this is just, uh, I did a drunk VOD review once and I used a coffee mug, so this is just the way it is. What, were you were you VOD reviewing uh, LCS or why were you it drunk? Was, it was TSM versus <laughs> LGE at, at 2015 Worlds, so yeah, close enough. You know, it was okay. the first one where, where LGD lost. Was that was that the game TSM won at World? Oh wait, never mind. They didn't yeah. have any games at Worlds. Okay, my bad. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> this was 2015. Yeah, not not 2020. So it oh, was like okay. a, it was ages ago. It was like the. The coffee, and I had whiskey. I, I drank an entire bottle of Jack Daniels that night. It was great. It was the best. Respectable. Nice. That's a hell of a VOD review right there. That is a hell of. A, is, is the VOD still up somewhere? Can I go review that VOD review? Uh, it does actually still exist. I will not wait for it, <laughs> okay. but it does actually still exist. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a search later. Um, so I'll just round out the thing. I'm drinking Elvis Juice by Brewdog, which. Shout out to Brewdog. I bought a massive, I bought 50 quids worth of Brewdog. They just give me a massive crate of all beer. But they plant trees when you buy the beer and they convert a bunch of their bars into COVID vaccine stations. So big shout out to Brewdog. Um, all right. So let's talk about League of Legends. Um, we've got a few topics to go over. Obviously, LPL is going to be kind of the primary topic um, tonight. I think we should probably, I, I guess it's up to you guys. Would you rather hit on LPL and Power Rankings first, or would you rather talk about some of the shenanigans that have been going off in the other regions first tonight? Because we've had some weird shit going on in the last few days, I think it's fair to say. Um, which which direction would you guys rather go first? Do you want to save the Power Rankings until we're a bit more drunk, or the, the weird shit until we're a bit more drunk? <laughs> That's the um, way I look. I, I'm down to do the weird shit when I'm when yeah. I'm more drunk. Maybe I'll have a different take because I've already given my takes on on a couple of my shows about that stuff. So mm. maybe when I get like more progressively more and more intoxicated, I'll come up with uh, better ways to phrase what I think about the LEC and LCS stuff. Okay, sweet. I like how you immediately gravitate towards the LEC when you're talking about weird shit because you know, despite the fact that the LCS games last night were really. Tragic. Good. LEC has still somehow winning the the weird shit award. So yeah, I I was also alluding to to some of the roster changes and things that have been uh, questionable at best. Uh, but we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Let's first look at some rankings here. Um, so I'm just going to bring the rankings up on the screen. We've actually, on Bevies of the Boys, we have a graphic. This has never happened before. This is uncharted Wait, territory here. I've made a power rankings graphic. So I'm going to bring that up on the screen. And uh, this is uh, this is our, our graphic, our power rankings for each of us, as my mic has just completely fucked itself. There we go. It's fixed. Um, can you guys just talk for me for a second and just make sure my scene yeah. is actually working? Okay, it's fine. I did it okay. I didn't completely break everything. Awesome. I'm disappointed this is not done in paint because I feel like <laughs> if you're drunk and you have to actually just use paint, that's the way it is. That's true. But I wasn't drunk when I set the show up. I just intend to be drunk by the end of the show. That's that's the key difference <laughs> there. Uh, so let's quickly 
have a look at, at some of these rankings. So obviously I've just thrown all of the rankings up on the screen, but I figure we should start at the bottom and work our way up. But what we did in a previous show was we kind of did it in little groups because quite often we're all going to have similar teams in similar areas of the standings. So let's start at the bottom. We'll go, you know, our, our, our 14th to 17th teams. Um, and I'll just go through and quickly read them out. Uh, I've added a G somehow, but TT is Tom's 14th, uh, V5, OMG, and Rogue Warriors last. Uh, I've got OMG in 14th, V5, TT, Rogue Warriors. Uh, Kelsey has TT up, OMG, Rogue I'm not even sure if it's up or UP. I've, I'll figure that out across the split, I guess. And then Dagda, you've got Rogue Warriors in 14th. That's not last. I'm yeah. kind of I'm kind <laughs> of amazed. Look, I really like Harrow. That's like it. That's the extent of this. Is like I really, really want Harrow to do well. Do you like Forge too, or or just no, Harrow? No, I don't. No, it's Castle. Really, yeah, I like, and I think Betty is relatively okay. And I'm just hoping that essentially they can do well. I just like Rogue Warriors because they always seem to be the team that sometimes can just bring something out of the bag out of nowhere. Like, they just have these random games where they come out and, like, they beat IG in, like, one or two of the games. I know Kelsey's looking at me, but, like, I li- I, I think they're a fun team, and I'm hoping that at least maybe we can get something out of them, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like wishful thinking, but I, I'm hoping that we can get Harrow and Betty kind of make something happen, but I'm not a fan of the mid lane. I don't know about the, the rest of the team, but those are the two I'm kind of banking on. I mean, what I would ask you there is, does that actually mean that Rogue Warriors can beat anyone, or does that mean that IG can lose to anyone? That's... Because I think it's more of a ladder for, <laughs> for myself. You know? Yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, look at the checklist. Teams that we can lose to, TES and IG are the only, or we can win uh, against. The, if TES yeah. and IG are the only ones on it, you're probably screwing over yourself in some way. I think the big thing that I think about when Rogue Warriors, I call this Rogue Warriors the CLG of uh, LPL in the sense that you had a list of names going into spring. I was like, yeah, but I recognize all these names, but do any of these players actually carry the game, right? So yeah. uh, it's it's really difficult for them to, to actually win at a certain point. Um, and now they have a, a different top laner. I think Ziv was really strange when he played this game because it was he would troll so hard but he would find like these moments where just from his experience of playing the game he could still like i'm gonna look for this like low probability flank and maybe we'll get it and i feel like we're not gonna get that same quality out of out of out of a a rookie right so we'll see maybe this guy turns out to be super insane like when i did my ldl vod review i didn't watch a lot of his games Mm -hmm. but um I'm just looking at the rest of this team, and it's like, Haro is basically the quintessential bottom-tier team LPL juggler, right? He has decent hands, <laughs> but he has no idea what the fuck he's doing, like, 90% of the time, right? Like, let's let's be real here. Xiaopong is probably my favorite ironic player, right? In the sense that that's exactly who <laughs> Xiaopong is. Um, so that's like, a, basically, he's another one of those, and we have, like... Eight of those, at least, in LPL. So, yeah, I get that you like Haro, but liking Haro in particular is a little bit mysterious to me, so... Yeah, I just have a soft spot for them. I like, there's a couple of games where, like, Rogue Warriors were just inting their face off from, like, 2020, essentially. And, like, he was the only guy who's actually trying to do stuff. Now, I do agree he's not in any way up there when it comes to the best junglers, but, like, I still just have a soft spot for the guy. And I really do hope that we can actually get something out of him. Um... 
and as you're saying, like, I recognize some of the names. I suppose this is, like, the, the whole team for me is just kind of the soft spot where, like, I want Chocho to do good. I know he swapped to support. He's terrible, but I want him to do well. And this is more, like, me pinning my hopes on, like, this is a team I just like these guys, and I want them to do okay. That's more so where I am. <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, I, I swear last split four just made me, like, angry throughout the split. Like, there's certain, like, I mean, it's, it's like, when I watch LCS, like, the reason why I'm, like, perma tilted is because like certain things that are done literally make me angry like i'm like why are you like you, you it literally feels like you're actually actively playing against your own team during the games and that's how i felt about forge i felt like forge was such a player that would like even in the winnable games he'd somehow just lose it like if haru had a random good game where he's like kind of popping off forge would just be there to just throw it every single time so like i just feel like a team with forge and it cannot not be 17th place like i don't know what four players you could surround <laughs> him with to not make rogue warriors 17th place literally the the rogue warriors command on my stream is forge is bad so rogue warriors are last like he is the worst man in Oakville, for sure oh for sure it's not even close all right respectable i mean i i completely agree i completely agree i also have rogue warriors last i just wanted to to put dagger on the spot and see if he could justify the <laughs> the absolute insanity the answer was no the answer was no no i couldn't <laughs> it's like i feel bad for them but my question then is like do you not feel bad for omg tt and v5 like surely surely v5 have been a little uh, pity at this point like the whole like roster has just kind of exploded so like, I, I like Uniboy, but I don't know kind of what to expect in a lot of these guys. Invincible is kind of met on, like, Kepler. Z ZYF, I thought, looked terrible in the LDL VODs that I looked at. Like, his position in lane was pretty bad. He tried to roam. It didn't really work out. So, like, I'm not convinced by the bottom lane for them either. So, I'm kind of thinking that, like, V5, I don't see somewhere that they're actually going to be able to carry from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty respectable way to look at the team. I think with V5, I'm just... I feel like all of the good stuff that was there is gone, right? Like, when you think about this team, when yeah. you think about the things that were exciting about V5, like... All... You got him, Wei Wei. Yeah, well, yeah. And Mole as well, and Mole. BLG? And even Lang Shing was on the team. And, like, Lang Shing, I, I can get excited about that guy, but now he's gone as yeah. well. It's like, everything that was good about V5, it, it, it's either left or it, or it died somewhere. I don't know. Like, yep. the, the magic is gone. The, the church is dead. The, there's been a, a revolution. So the only the only player I'm still interested on this team is outside of like the rookies is Uniboy. Yeah. Um I have a I always have a, a, a tendency to oh, okay, with like some rookie players there there can be like a little bit of overperformance. So I have them over OMG. Um but in general, I didn't even rate PP God and Weiwei that highly when they were still on the, the roster. Like B5 started to look really, really dire towards the end. I felt like if you watch bot lane, PP God literally, like, when his Q was up as Thresh, he just used it. Like, that was legit his thought process. Like, I'm just going to go. And it was usually bad. So, um, hey, there was a lot of thinking, dude. like, if, if, you're, if you're thinking about, if you think about, like, the BLG V5 matchup, that, that's a matchup that you'll in, that you, BLG will win. Because if BLG only beats you, if your bot lane just, like, categorically ints at every turn. So, that's a, that's, that's down to... That's so I was like, PP God had this huge church, this huge hype, and every time I watch him, I'm just like, I get it, but he legit just presses the go button and he doesn't even think situationally. So, um, yeah, I mean, f for me, BLG always seemed like the 
general like western perception of what a chinese team is that's like how i saw blg where they're like the no macro good at fighting we do ridiculous things around the map constantly like i just felt like that's how everyone used to talk about lpl it's like oh lpl is just all fighting no brain that's what BLG was to me the entire split, last split. It's like, I always felt like they were actually one of the teams that I, I would watch pretty frequently because I just enjoyed watching them play. I mean, I was I was a um, yeah, decent fan of like Meteor. I thought he was super good. Uh, well, not super good, but I thought he was like pretty good, right? So they were just... They're just a team that I felt like would throw so many games. Like, what was that, a, was that BLG or V5 that had that game versus like... Uh, uh, the game versus EDG where they threw and they were down like 8k no, gold. It was it was, yeah, it was, it's just like both those teams played the same way where it's like they had they had no way to close out games that they should have won. So, I mean, I'm hoping that BLG now will just be better with uh, the new additions to the roster. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited okay. for the new BLG. Right. Like, I think the new BLG okay. is... Um, I, I'm trying to think where I put them. I put them in 10th place. I don't know where you guys put them. So, Kelsey 11th. Dagda's got him in 8th, you've got him in ninth. yeah, so I think everyone's cautiously excited about this team, right? And I think, yeah. I actually haven't double-checked, but I'm assuming that um, playoffs is 10 teams again, so most of us have BLG hitting playoffs aside from Kelsey. Um, there is a, there's a, there's a bunch issue. of noise coming through your mic at the minute, Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, sometimes my computer overheats and my mic picks it oh, up, so no we need no to work on that. It's one of them. It's one of them. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, like, the, the, here's the concern I have with BLG. Zika. I just... I, I got excited about Zika when, when he was on the, the Vici roster with Coma in. It was like, you know, Zika's going to be the next, like, mid lane prodigy that Coma trains up. That, that I got, like, buried in that narrative that was just completely pulled out of thin air. And then I just watched Zika do nothing for a year and a half now. And I'm like, well, are you ever going to try and carry a game? Like, even when he's got kills, it doesn't feel like his impact on the game increases. Like... I feel like I just watch him just PVE, clear a wave, and then and go back to bases. I, I, I just can't I can't get behind a team with Zika on it anymore because I just don't see any way that when you've got some of the mids that you have in the LPL and and you're going to have to have an impact through that mid lane, Zika's just never going to take that box. But he said Zika over a rookie. Can we ban them or...? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't say. I got, I'm yeah, a G like, fanboy. Like, but... <laughs> my, my, my team, my teams are IG and FPX. Like those are the teams that I'm biased towards in in LPL. I can't see Zika better. Than, like obviously, rookie yeah. had like a bad split for rookie standards last split, yeah. but he's still rookie, man. I still believe in him when it when I it mean, matters. I, I still had him as an investment in regular season LPL just because like he always will see the fight, like see a way to win the fight that other that other mids will. And his landing is like really really solid because I watched as much LPL pro videos. I could, right? And Rookie, like, really understands matchups and how to min-max them super well. So he's, like, always someone that I that I look at for that. So I still had him really, really high up, even though a lot of people were saying, like, Rookie's not performing well, like, you're trolling. But I still felt like Rookie was the best mid in LPL last play. I mean, so, I felt like he, he would randomly get caught and die in, like, 
like mid to late game where he used to never die before. Like old rookie would just be like this consistent powerhouse where you could always rely on him to play near perfect at like all stages in the game. And I felt like this split, the thing that I hated to see was like just randomly, he would just like die on Azir or die on like Syndra or die on Oriana before the fight started. And then like, if he dies on that team, the whole game is just over instantly. Like everything collapses in in, like one second. So that was the thing that, that like, that for me would say like, oh, rookie is like having one of the worst splits that I've seen in the last like two years was because I just don't remember him making those types of mistakes before. Like he would never have those massive int moments where it's like, oh shit, you just lost your team the game. Like he would never lose the team the game. It was always the shy losing his team the game or whatever AD carry that they were using um, would lose the team the game. It was never him. So Summer 2020 was like rookie hard carrying IG whether they fucking wanted to or not. Like it was IG with Brian Brock kicking and screaming. And you see these unbelievable plays come in a rookie to actually win the game. And then we got into spring 2020 and like our 2021. And I was like super hyped when I saw him bring out his ear again. Because I remember he had like one his ear game or a couple of them anyway in summer 2020 where he just wiped the floor with people and was like flashing over into Raptors to like 1v1 kills and stuff. And I was like this is so cool. I can't wait to see this. Like an aggressive his ear player. And then he just into his face off. I was like what happened? Like, where did this yeah. come from? So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I really hope he comes back this split. Oh, I'll, so, yeah, I'll always yeah. remember that, uh, that the shy cannon game with the uh, rapid fire cannon second and Bork, <laughs> like when his whole team is, yeah. that, that, that will be ingrained into my memory for the rest of my life. Like that is just like how I see the shy now. I'm like, oh, he yeah. he's actually like the person in my solo queue games who's like trolling that I'm like begging to please stop and like tell him that the game is still winnable. It's, that's that's who the shy is. It's just, not the D. It's not the D-Blade Rush Oren. That's that's for me the iconic <laughs> that's, the that's up there as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The D-Blade solo killed. But I, I just yeah. like, I, I, every time I think about that canon game, I just I think about being rookie, right? You're this exceptional mm-hmm. elite player, maybe the best player in the world at the time, right? Like at least arguably. You're there, you're playing your fucking heart every single game. You are single-handedly pulling this team towards Worlds. And then you press tab, you look at the scoreboard, and you see that your old buddy, the Shy, is building fucking AD, while none of the rest of the (laughs) comp has any fucking AD. (laughs) And he's like, what an eight, what an eight. And you're just like... What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, wasn't he like dude? the only magic damage source that game? Holy yeah, shit. It was, there was like, the Kenner was I like, just, actually fine if you just build AP. Yeah. It's like, no, think I'm... of rookie's superhuman mental in terms of like the one game where it was like, we can't get a good AD carry, so I guess they're playing AD carry this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's always the way that I think about him because it was like, he did that and he was, yes, he was probably the best AD carry they had on that team for two years. And the one I game mean, I think they played AD. I just saw that as like punishment for having Ning jungle for him. He was like, you know what? Like you're going to put Ning in my jungle clearing at 248 full clear with Lee Sin, like, or like three minutes or whatever it was like 12 seconds slower than like uh, what the average time should be. I'm just going to fucking run it down. Like I'm, I'm building Bork. I'm building rapid fire cannon and I will keep on fighting one V one in the side lane until the game is over. Like I will make sure that we end up getting a better jungler for this play. And you know what? It worked. Ju- I'll take Jun over, over Ning any day. So you'll take Shun over Ning. Really? I think they're both, I think Shun cannot play team fights to save his life unless he's playing middle league. So it's like, yeah, okay. I guess he, he clears better. But the other thing that exacerbated the problem with Ming, right? At the end of 2020 was more along the lines of they were picking Lee Sin versus like Graves, these junglers that will clear anyway. So if you're clearing like slower for Lee Sin, which yeah, is absolutely tragic, then it's like, you're fucked. 
just absolutely fucked no matter what, uh, given given the state of the jungle meta, where it's like, I actually had a lot of respect for Ning in like 20... 18? Even 2019, right? Where it was like... When he came back. Play, playing jungle for that team is so hard because they will just like, all three lanes will fucking always be this way. And it's like, you have to be in position to make a trade play, right? You have to always be thinking about like the trade play you can make on the opposite side of the map as the jungler. And you have to think about like the highest priority play and i like the way that ig and ts think about the game in the early lane phase but it's also a lot of stress on the jungler right yeah i mean i i just feel like you know like the way the rookie would like pressure his lane was always just different than the way the shy would pressure his lane like the shy would have that pure like mental illness style where you just go top lane and you literally just fight until you're dying and it's like if the jungler's not up there you're fucked where i felt like rookie was always like very conscious and, and very aware of what was happening in the game while he was like winning his lane. That's like why I thought he was just like the best mid laner. So like part of the reason why I'm such a, a fan of IG is because I'm such a fan of rookie because I just felt like that's what you want out of a mid laner. Like this guy had always had prio in like all these matchups that people would perceive to be like 50 50 or even matchups that were being considered losing like Oriana versus Syndra where Syndra was supposed to have the push early in those days. Like it felt like rookie always understood how to like have lane pressure and just yeah. never died to ganks like while being super consistent. And then he would just show up everywhere, man. Like rookie would just be TPing top laner. He was like the guy that was always always building Ludens when everyone was like, oh no, Ludens isn't good on Orianna anymore. Like you should go like the Sarah's build. He's like, no, fuck it, I'm gonna go Ludens and just like run over the entire game. So I, I mean, I just think that like the, the 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 stress that's put on IG is like so the balling is just bad, but like they're just kind of like gonna like lose like they're just gonna be like okay they're not gonna run down the game i feel like the shy puts so much like anxiety into the game by just existing it's like oh my god what's gonna happen top lane like are you okay it's like the level one wave crashes and it's like okay i better be top lane right now or like some shit's gonna gonna happen so hey yeah, he, kinda he's trying up. though he's trying to get better this year we saw him play scion we saw him play more scion like did but it he was plays it ever scion good? No. like he yeah, but but he, but he, he plays it. scion like he's playing Callista. that's the thing <laughs> yeah. it's like like, you watch, like, the, the bin play, right? Like, the bin Jace outplay on him or whatever, and it's like, yeah. bro, what is what is the Shy doing in this fight? Like, why is he trying to, like, 1v1 the Jace aside? Like, yeah. you can just, like, push the wave and, like, back off and buy items and then come back and push the wave again. You don't need to, like, fight to the death, but the Shy has just, like, some, like, he has, like, ADD or something where, like, you just need to fight all the time in the lane. My favorite with Sion, uh, the Shy Proview, was like when he was in Brush, right? And then I forget who he's playing against, but he kept trying to like hit Q on a mobile opponent top laner completely off the wave. So the opponent just stacked like a gigantic wave in a situation where it's like as Sion, you always have Q, you can thin um, with you by the time the wave comes in, and he's just like diveable every fucking time. Like it was so bad just because of the way that he was using considering cooldown management and thinking about the lane. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like you're not playing Zion, you're playing He's playing Jace. I don't know. Just, just it just <laughs> looks like Zion right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. I I, I wanna go back to that point about rookie though, because I think you you made a really interesting point, Dom, about how like the mentality of when you're watching rookie is like he's going to be super super aggressive in lane but he never dies to ganks right that was always the way that it it felt watching rookie and i think that was Until one the of the split. things that changed the split yeah like when i'm when i'm casting rookie you know people always talk about caster bias there is an extent to which like when i'm commentating a rookie play the the way i see the play is totally different to any other mid laner aside from maybe knight where like 
I'll see the jungler coming to gank Rookie, and my assumption is Rookie's going to make it out of here. I'm not going to start getting really, really hyped because someone's going to die because I'm like, it's fucking Rookie. There's no... He might get a kill. That's that's best case scenario for the enemy team is only one of them die. But this split, that changed. This split, that expectation suddenly changed and Rookie was killable. And I think that's such a... I don't know. That's such a scary thing if you're a fan of IG and if you're a player on IG that the rookie is not an immortal god because that, I mean, as you said, like that that was the the thing about IG. That was the thing that separated them. Um, I'm, so, I'm hoping it's a spring split only thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think maybe it was just like, uh, let's have a big holiday and we'll come back in summer. Yeah. There was you know, I mean, Uzi would take off until the Chinese New Year. Yeah. Rookie <laughs> deserves to take off an entire split. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. I, I can I, I, I definitely agree with that one. Um, so let's talk um, like rank 10 to 13, I guess. Um, so we have uh, for Dom, we've got RA, LGD, LNG, and up. For me, we've got BLG, RA, LNG, and up. Uh, for Kelsey, we have LGD, BLG, LNG, V5. And then uh, for Dagda, we have IG, LGD, LNG, and up, which I think is the lowest IG placement actually, Dagda, in tenth. But we've all have them yeah. eighth and ninth, so not that crazy. And we just spent twenty minutes talking about IG, so I'll, yeah. I'll not hover on they're, that one. They're all in, like we spent twenty minutes talking about IG. It's like tenth. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, but like, I'm the, like still start. an IG fanboy. Like when IG yeah. makes it into playoffs, like I predicted them to beat like RA, for example, yeah. last split. I was just like, yeah, they're gonna fucking win. They'll they'll pull it out when it matters. Like I just have suck, like faith in them. Even if they suck, I want to watch them. You know, like they're yeah. still just yeah, so I mean, much fun. They're still just well, they should have won. Like somehow they lost a best of five when they won four games. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, where was, they act, where a team was, wins four games and loses the best of five. I mean, I I I was like so fucking annoyed by RA because they were so bad, but they kept winning games and. It was really pissed me off and then it was like i knew no this is going to be a five game series but i think ig wins it in the end and then it was like fucking god damn it we're just going to fight them in an open field with an all melee comp and they clearly are just and we're just going to get aced at like 30 minutes that's yeah, great they could have like it. done baron they could have like forced the fight that was way more favorable and then they just like ran it down and lost it's like wow they just lost an ak gold lead like in two different games and one best of five it's so crazy it's so it was- crazy Pretty nuts, yeah. Uh, that that best of five was kind of tragic, but to be honest, going in IG versus RA, that's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I expected out of that best of five. Like, had that not who been wants RA to beat IG? No, no, no. I like, just feel who like the quality of gameplay was. was yeah, that's exactly. I mean, what I just that would be like if like Dignitas like beat TSM or something in in LCS. You'd be like, come on, really? We gotta watch Dignitas now in fucking semifinals, like. Fuck. Like, like no one wants to watch that because like IG, you have the hope that they can always beat anyone, you know? Like IG is the type of team yeah. where like I mean, like yeah, they can just beat anyone the at any point. There, yeah. So but like RA feels very capped. They they feel like Dignitas in the same re- like regard where it's like, yeah, like they'll get like seventh, maybe if they like exceed expectations, but they're never gonna win. Like if RA wins like shit, I don't even know what to fucking say. Maybe I just don't know anything about this league. It's funny to me because I feel like in certain ways, IG and RA, sorry, static, uh, IG and RA are the same team. And that's because they're both literally like renditions of 2015 TSM in the sense that it's like they have a mid laner and uh, <laughs> we'll go from there, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, RA especially. I, I, 
there's something about this team that is just mental, but at the same time, the fact that they have no roster changes coming in and it felt like they completely fell apart at the end of the split. Like the fact that their their nine win streak ended to fucking LGD. Like, the 2021 LGD is the most tragic way for that whole thing to end. My boy can't space in team fights. He can't. He has to play Tristan or or Kaiser because he cannot fucking space. Oh, he just dies every time. First. (laughs) Like, it's it's so crazy. I've never seen an AD carry like that. Well, I mean, I have, but like, I've never seen a good AD carry like that. It's like, well, not above platinum anyway. Leading up to it, I was like, why does he play these champions like every fucking time? And then it's like he loses to LGD playing Jenks, and he's like, "Thank fucking god, finally!" Like, holy shit! But but even that miracle run that they had, the nine wins, felt very like kind you of the cards were in, in their favor. No, because remember they ended up playing like JDG when like. I think one of the guys was off or some of that, or like they played another team where um, WE where Shanks wasn't able to play and stuff like that. Like they kind of had this like miracle set of events that kind of set them up for that nine streak, and yeah. it felt so nice to a certain extent to like finally be able to get off this wild ride as LGD beat them because like look, Vofo's really good. Like I don't particularly like the dude, but he's a really good mid laner, and I think that the at the end of the day he's kind of putting himself up there in like top five uh, mid laners in the LPL right now. But like the rest of the team just does not have us. And I don't know where, like it was, it was awkward as a caster being like, this is a terrible team. I don't want them to do well, but they're on a nine win streak. And I got to like bump them up and rally for them. currently tied <laughs> yeah, in second place. <laughs> the more I think yeah. about it, the more I think that like, I actually put them too high. What did I have them at? I had them at, at 10th. Uh, they might actually be worse than that. Like RA was like, uh, I mean, yeah, before they went on that win streak, they weren't uh, a top 10 team in the LPL. So, like, they they ended up, like, getting carried pretty hard by that win streak. I honestly think the meta, like, was really good for them. I thought Leanne was actually pretty decent at Udyr and Hecarim, and they were getting it pretty much, like, every single game. Whereas, like, the other junglers that, I, like, really stood out to me were, like, the ones, like, because last jungle meta was pretty shit, right? So, like, the the junglers, like, like JJ and the junglers, like, way they could actually play Lilia, like, that was, like, the, oh, like, now you're, like, hitting the level where I actually, like, respect you, like, as, as a jungler, but... <laughs> I mean, obviously, when Bo when he was when when Bo played, he was completely fucking cracked. But um, I, I I feel like with the new meta, I feel like it's gonna hurt them a lot more because like your jungler is just gonna have to make a lot more difficult decisions. And I feel like so like I mean, when you see my my rankings, the the, the team that I have really highly that I think no one else does is Sooning. And I feel like this is like why I think Sooning is actually gonna be really good because now we're not playing Uder Hecarim every game. And you saw like a little bit of it in playoffs, like when. SOFM just had the ability to like then fall back on like the Zin or like the Vala Bear or something like that. He was instantly already better. And I feel like the wider the champion pool becomes, like the more options you have, even if Lee Sin becomes like playable like now in the jungle and you have like Rumble and all these picks, I just feel like that just that has SOFM written all over it. And that's like why I think that that team is going to be a lot better. I know so, it's kind of a tangent, a tangent, so, but yeah. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm down to talk stuff. about Sooning. I'm down to talk about Sooning instead of RNA. <laughs> right. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> Um, Let's do it. Let's like, talk about I can talk about like the, <laughs> the only good thing about IG and RA is that they had like the top two mids at like eighth and ninth place in the fucking league, but that's okay. Um, they basically sooning for me, like the SFM thing is if his lanes like start to lose inexplicably, he will just full clear and not be in the game. Like it's yeah. it's very it's a thing, and I think like the right now the reason why I have them lower, right? I actually had them lower than. Um, I had them, actually, I had them really, really low in spring. They actually outperformed where I had them in spring because I thought Soldar was too important to that team. But uh, in 
I think they're they're higher or they're lower kind of in my estimation because I think the meta favors less like a jungler being able to get high economy and impact the game in the game. Um, it, it it more favors like the creative like strategy and if he just gets fucking tilted because his lanes are inexplicably losing, which they will because his laners are Bin and Fofo or not Fofo. Um, sorry, Angel, wow. Angel, 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 Angel. Angel, and then not not necessarily Wang Feng, but on right. Yeah. So like oh, for me, is terrible. Like, yeah. So for me, it's it's like I'm gonna see a lot watch a lot of Sunning games where SFM is just full glaring, and that's see, where it's gonna be. I, I felt like he was like that because of the picks he was on. You know, like it feels like you're kind of limited when like when when you're playing Uder and Hecarim every game and you can't run at people anymore. Like, and then even like when he was playing like some of the other matchups, he's playing into Uder and Hecarim, which have such like an oppressive yeah. play style that it's like, what are you supposed to do as like a cane jungle or some shit but, if like an Uder gets a couple ganks off her? But he, he's done this his entire career, like it, yeah. in, in almost every meta, right? It's like, I make a joke where it's like, if enemy jungler gets both, both crabs, he AFKs and like has, eats all of the food that his teammates have that, for dinner that night, right? Like... It's just he gets really pissed off or something happens, but it's like you can definitely reliably sort of predict how SFM will play based on like how the early landing is going. So the thing I like about SFM, the reason why I think that this meta is good for him is because I feel like he's the type of person that really thrives of having like really deep levels of knowledge on specific matchups. And I feel like when they open up the jungle and now you have like Gwen Jungle, I assume, is going to be coming in. Like, I mean, I assume it's going to be permaban, but like, if it ever gets through, like, that's an option. Viego, you have Uder still there. You have Rumble. You have Lee Sin, which has always been an SFM classic. And like, especially now with like Lee Sin being like kind of a gore drinker, Sterax, like more tanky Lee Sin, um, which is, I think, what like suited him. He was always the guy that was building tank Lee Sin anyway. Um, I just feel like the met like he's the type of player where if he gets picks that he likes for the game he'll perform really well but if he's like forced to play like shit that's like op but for the team then i think that he just kind of like does that so I, like my prediction is that because the picks are more open he's gonna have like more confidence and more like you know like desire to, to perform really well it's like oh shit like there's all these different things i can pick now finally i can show how good i am and i feel like he's the type of person that like really thrives in that type of environment yeah i mean for sure he is one of the few players that's played like four roles in a professional setting, right? He in, in BCS, he was legit like the guy, it's like, I'm better than my mid laners. <laughs> I'm gonna play mid. I'm better than Michael. And you can guess the only role he didn't play is sport. So like he has a very deep champion pool and LNG slash snake at the time was during funnel meta was like he is always playing the carry. He's not playing the Braum. He's not playing like get that shit out of here, right? So for sure, like SM can play the champions. Uh, that's not my concern. I think it's like he does way better in a it, like even you were talking about right. Like a lot of the meta was really annoying for junglers because you just full clear and almost you get punished in some cases for counter jungling because you're 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 uh, excuse me cycling the camp for the junglers. So unless you're like really reliably able to continuously invade. You're you're in a bad spot, but he was able to pull that shit off, right? That was good. Like there were there were games where I see him like just completely gapping, like four camping. I forget which it was like a TT game, which I care about as the only person in the English speaking community. But the it was like, <laughs> why, do you just like like Samdi or something, or why do you? Like no, TT? no. Like why why did I like TT? I like TT because I was the highest. Shut like up. the rookies coming up from LDL that were the most interesting to me were Captain and Team. 
And Captain got benched yeah. in like week three, but Team still exists. And I thought, still thought Team was really good. And he just got blasted by the fucking Mac fixing shit. So he's gone now. So I don't care about TT that much anymore. But the important thing is, is that like, uh, uh, that was that was one game where I can point to like he makes a lot of really really smart decision making there. He's able to consistently follow up on his invades, and that's why that was like I think that was the fastest game of the entire split. But um, like for me, I, I'm thinking about S of M, and he's really smart in metas where as a jungler by yourself you can get huge advantages and you can completely gap the enemy jungler. But with with jungle respawn timers being longer. Um, with his laners still being who they are, like I still have Fong Fong really high because it's like when I watch bot, bot lane, it is on griefing like completely entirely. Um, and then I, I mean, I just I have a hard time seeing suiting succeed when they can't win the game through jungle lead. It's it's hard for me. Is is there a world where so this is just coming now from pure copium? Um, so is there a world where on can first off have just been training super hard over the last two months and, and got a bit better in the in the laning phase but also where he can just follow sofm around the map and just enable sofm however possible and just like be sofm's little pet that he just takes to takes to herald then he takes him to drake and then he takes him wherever he needs to go and on is just there to set up sofm is there a world where that kind of thing could work because otherwise I, I I don't know what to believe in for Sunig, and I really need them to do well. I don't know. I, f I feel like... So, like, obviously, I have no access to comms, so I have no idea, like, who's actually calling what, but I feel like SFM is more of, like, the type of person that's not going to, like... Like, he's going to do things that are good for him naturally, and then if you want him to do something else, like, I feel like the support is going to be, like, the one that needs to, like, call him and be, like... I feel like that's why, why he worked well with Sora. Sora would be, like... Yo, we're doing this shit now. Like, we're going for deep vision on the side, or we're like looking for a kill in their jungle, and then like he would have something to like play off of. I feel like the problem with Honest, it feels like Honest just a follower on the team, and then also like I don't know, like it's he plays like okay, so it's like Rel was wasn't good, but I feel like this meta like it should be more simple. But even when he was playing like his Nautilus and playing Leona and LPL, I always thought he was fucking bad. So like I'm just hoping that he's better to the point where he's not like solo losing the team games anymore and then like the strength of the other players can actually carry through it always made me sad watching <clears throat> on vods because you just be watching this like cool like you could actively win this lane right now if you position better or if you actually went for the play and instead you'd like flash away from the play that would act that would win that lane or would other times just completely troll the lane phase and end up costing one fung and I had this conversation, it was an earlier podcast we did for the LPL, and I was like, Wan Fung is still really good. And I think a lot of people were kind of sleeping on Wan Fung because he was laning with on. And it really felt like Wan Fung was just at such a massive disadvantage compared to where he was. Um, and I, I don't know, Joe, I hope on comes out swinging better. Like he started to get at least slightly better towards the end of the split, but realistically, I still think he's going to be a massive detriment. And he's not someone that particularly roams much either. He doesn't really use those timing windows. So him trying to link up with SOFM and like have an influence towards Bane in the same way that we saw with like Sword Art, right? Back in 2020, where they just go for this three-man play up top side. I don't think we're going to get that again. And I think that's why Sunin is just going to struggle where you don't play towards Angel, you don't play mm -hmm. towards Wanfang. They don't really want to be played towards. So you're looking towards Bane, but it's still just a two-man stage. Yeah, for... I mean... I mean, the yeah, thing that's so crazy about Juan Feng is like he can find four or five girlfriends, but he can't find one support. Like that's just <laughs> insane. Like, yeah, like those odds are crazy. Yeah. But the, yeah you think at he, least one of them was a Lulu main, right? No, mm -hmm. you got it wrong. Only one of them was the girlfriend. 
Ah, true, true, true. <laughs> mm. Let's see. Uh, so, so, yeah, this is the, that was always my favorite Nami narrative. It was like, why did Nami actually, really, actually start underperforming? It's like he he fucked too many girls. Anyway, um, <laughs> the answer. Is, Jesus, the old classic. I guess that's some real yeah. positive energy right there. Um, but uh, <laughs> just didn't have the energy. Good. Uh, yeah, so the I think the the ending for me with with on is I try not to be too critical on su- supports or rookies, not supports, rookies in general. Um, just because like I want to give them more time to figure out what the fuck they're doing, but it's like it's really hard to see a positive for on. Whereas like I was super high on team because I felt like the way he was visualizing fights and engages like always really super good, and he was also a rookie, so it's difficult to to in my mind uh kind of compare the two so for me like on was was really difficult to to praise or to see positives on and the other thing that i think about is like the stories about sorority girl he had to have a, a bag of cop drops on his desk because of how much he was talking in cops like he was literally that team and when i'm looking at historically teams where s of m has the most power in comms or is the most senior member like he is right now and those teams just historically fail. And I think it is just because he finds himself in a box that he can't get out of where if he's not ahead, he can't visualize winning the game. I think that's that's normal. Um, it's just like he needs someone to kind of check him a bit in, and have a dialogue with to really succeed. And I don't see Suning having that. Yeah. No, somebody in chat said, On is somehow worse than you in jail. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> honestly, like, Bring Yu and Gia back at this point. Like honestly, like I'll take him over on. Like for some reason, like like the way on plays, like I don't know what it is, but it just looks like he's scared to like do shit. Like it's like he's trying to go in. He's like one of those players that joins a successful team and he plays with the mentality of like, okay, I just don't want to like fuck up the team. You know, like they're successful. I'm joining. I'm the new guy. Yeah. I'm gonna try to just like fit into the mold instead of like actually using their brain and trying to be the best player they can be. And like. You know, we saw it with Reckless in 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 LEC with G two. Um, you know, we saw it uh, a little bit with um, like uh, like Yamato. We talked to him on the crackdown when he joined Fnatic. It's like, oh, you joined a team that you have a lot of like respect for, and you 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 come with the mentality of like, oh, you kind of want to learn from them rather than like, you know, do the best you can and like see where you fit in or like potentially like take a lead on certain things. And I just feel like he's just not the player to replace like. Uh, you know, so, so, like imagine suiting with somebody like Ming. It would be like a completely yeah. different. I was team. actually like, that's like one of the best teams in the world. Like I'd love crazy. to see them with Iwandi. Like I'd actually want to see mm-hmm. Iwandi join that team. I think Ajo. he'd be a great fit. What? Ajoel, yeah, yeah. I was like, if if you want someone that I think they could actually get their hands on, I'd love to see Iwandi join that squad. I think he'd be perfect. Where you get this super heavy roam support that can do a lot. He's great engages, works well in the in lane. I think like that is basically like the closest you're going to get to that sword art equivalent for them. Aimbot, aimbot, Jonas as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as an added bonus, uh, if you ever want an aimbot, no, I I had Iwandi as in my top five supports in spring even though lng is fucking crap so yeah yeah i mean it's like lng's problem was always the soul inners though like their soul inners just literally can't compete like i don't know they they just get gapped every game so how do you win yeah um all right let's move on from sooning let's move on i may have also had the worst drafts of the entire season as well and that's a that's that's one of the steepest competitions there is in the lpl (laughs) like there because there is some god-awful drafting that happens in this league 
Um, yeah, it, there's there's definitely some some issues. One of the teams I really want to talk about is BLG. If I'm okay to just segue onto that, because I think BLG. Um, I'm gonna check where everyone has them. So Dom has them ninth. I have them tenth. Eleventh uh, for Kelsey, and then Dagda has them eighth. So still still fairly similar uh, in where we've put them. I can't. F- oh my god, where's my OBS window gone? There it is. Okay. Um, so let, let's talk about this roster because obviously they've changed things up a little bit um, and it feels to me like this is a bit of a, a breath of life for BLG obviously PP God coming in, Weiwei coming in they already have that synergy again I mentioned earlier Zika I'm not a fan but I can put aside my prejudices and, and like aiming obviously showed that he's a, we've seen in the past he's a very good AD carry didn't have the greatest split ever but I don't think that was really his fault let's be honest Um so I I can see a world where if they can play through the bottom lane and, you know, like Kelsey, you were saying, PP God, he just wants to go in. That can work. We've seen that work. Like Jackie Love and Droth, they just go in and it works. <laughs> so I can see a world where, where this team actually succeeds. Uh, you're muted, Kelsey. You're muted, Kelsey. <laughs> Too much bevies, not enough boys. So, so I feel like draw actually got smarter. I mean, just just to clarify, like I, the wine is now gone. Um, so the, uh, I think draw actually got smarter over the course of the, the season. Um, so that's that's where where I am with him. I think the, but but on did not uh, PV God did not PV God just like consistently played the same way. So. Like, I actually, and if I'm talking about, like, rookie sports and LBO, like, Jewel actually rates pretty high uh, compared to, like, on. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the spectrum, right? I had, like, it's team, not a stiff competition. Jewel, on, yeah, it's, 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 it's steep competition. But but for me, it's, um like, along the lines of, like, if I'm thinking about like, PB God just goes in, I feel like this is a consistent problem he's had for, like, 1.5 years and hasn't been fixed right like he hasn't he isn't visualizing scenarios as well as some of the other supports that he's competing with so when i'm looking at like the blg quote-unquote upgrades it's like oh you just you just took victory five numbers and victory five is also bad so and bad for similar reasons so i don't really understand how this is necessarily an upgrade i actually think i had i'm sorry i'm really trolling but BLG previously their support in Mo, yeah, yeah. There's not 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 in Mo. Sorry, is it blanking? Shubin. Hang on, let me look. It was um that Shinmo. They had a uh, mark. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had mark. I I think Mark was was better than. Keep you got in spring. Man, I, I just want to say I love Mark. I don't even care how good he is at the game. That guy's got swagger. That guy has infinite confidence. I've seen him walk onto the stage, run it down for an entire series, and then the way he walks off of the stage, he's got a smug grin on his face. He's got his colored hair all flipped up, and he's just like swaggering across the stage to, ha- to shake hands. So I'm just like, I respect that confidence, man. That guy has infinite self-confidence as far as I can see. Yeah, I mean, I I thought Mark was, like, pretty decent. I mean, I, I like the fact that he is able to, like, visualize his own plays. I think that's probably, like, his biggest strength. I just, I, I, I don't know. Like, when I look at at, um, at BLG, I just feel like 
I mean, I feel like they were like kind of similar to, to V5 in, in ways, and they're also different. I mean, I think the biggest issue here is like, how is mid lane going to play? Because obviously, I think Mole is like a huge part of, of V5, and him going to uh, World Elite is probably going to elevate that team significantly. So I, I feel like if their mid lane is able to play like reasonably, I, I just I feel like um, the combo of having like Weiwei and PP God, like when they're on, I feel like they're actually good. Like when, like for example, 2020 summer, I, I felt like that there was that was like a huge strength for the team, and I feel like also um, Weiwei is one of these junglers that will well will be able to like pick up the the new champions or adapt to this meta better than some other players. Like I remember when Lilia came out, he was one of the first adapters to it. He was playing it like the first week, and he looked probably one of like the best um, in LPL in 2020. So I, I'm he, they're one of those teams where I just feel like in this type of meta where there is like some level of, of like skill expression in the jungler, I expect Weiwei to just perform better. Yeah. My big curiosity for this team is like, how does the, the trifecta of like PP God Weiwei without Mole look? Because basically that was like the three guys that would work together on that team. And if you take out Mole, I, as you're saying, Dom, like I don't see Zika filling that void. And then if you're starting to look for Weiwei, like try to go aggressive, go for these invades and work with PP God to get team vision stuff, they used to play off of Mole substantially when they did that. And I don't think we're going to get that with Zika. And that's the curiosity for me, where it's like, how do they now fix that or try and slot Zika into that mold? I think the big question for me is like, because I mean, Mole was definitely somebody who was like the kind of like the focal point, like he was the main carry point on V5. So like for me, I want to see was mole like the carry point because he's like demanding a lot of resources or was it just a necessity because he was probably the best player on v5 you know like that that's what i think we'll see with like world elite is mm -hmm. now that there's like other people that um can carry the game i mean now he's playing with like a good jungler for example and a good top laner like is he just like somebody that can be more of like that self-sufficient stable player that is just like good all the time or is he somebody that needs to be played around well, I know when uh, V5 had him play five different positions, they still tended to play towards <laughs> yep. him. So maybe that means he does ask yeah. for a lot of resources. Yeah, I mean, it's, wherever it's, like, the Nico is, that's game. where we go. What yeah. I what I what I secretly want is like SFM versus Bull with five PCs, you know. And then, like, <laughs> See I mean, look, Mole yeah. better win that. I feel like mid laners just have to be junglers if you're going like roll by roll. Like if your jungler has better mechanics overall than your mid laner, your team is fucking doomed. Like that's just, I, just like, how it is. I've got a, a terrible piece of evidence for, for that hypothesis in that if you think way, way, way back, TSM on their vlog series used to 1v1 to see who would have to do the dishes and the odd one never won. Never ever. Oh, he always course. had. But, to I mean, the other one was just like, <laughs> man, it, it sucks to say. But as somebody who competed against him like frequently, he was just like somebody who was always a bad player. Like he was. Oh, he was never a player that you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna get <laughs> shit on by the odd one. Like he was always the player. Where it's like, I like man, if Odd one was on the worst team, like he would fucking suck. Like he was. What he he reminded me of like a really like early version of somebody like X Smithy who. Where, like, you saw when Smithy left TL and was on Immortals. It's like, oh, yeah, this player is, like, irrelevant. Autumn was like that, but, like, in a different time period, and the time period was worse on top of that. So it was, like, an even more extreme version of that. I mean, he was the type of player that was literally, like, hard stuck in solo queue while he was a professional player. Like, he was hard stuck in, like, Master Tier or, like, Diamond 1 while he was being a pro player. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a... Uh, I hope that the junglers are more mechanically talented now. You know, it's not the Maokai meta. Like, you've had to play Lee Sin for years, and especially in LPL, it feels like if you can't play Lee Sin, you can't jungle, so... You know. That's actually... I think it's a lot different. 
So I'll move on from Odd One before you just tear my dreams apart even further because I had no idea okay. about League of Legends back in those days and I thought it was great, okay? General. <laughs> um, I, wa- I want to talk quickly about LGD before we... Because I, I I'm aware of the time. We've been going for an hour at this point and LCS is coming up in a couple of hours. So uh, I don't want to drag on too long today. I do want to quickly hit on LGD because obviously Shadow is joining the team. And I, I think the, the most... Uh, I don't know. The most divisive way I could say this is that in the L- in the LEC, everyone was saying he was the the best Lee Sin in the world, and obviously the conversation on Twitter then was like, "Hey, have you heard of the LPL?" Well, guess what? He's now in the LPL, so we get to see his Lee Sin versus every other Lee Sin, assuming Lee Sin ever becomes jungle better again. Um, but I'm excited to see how Shadow does. In the- I-, I don't think the world's performance is a good representation of how good Shadow is as a player i feel like general perspective dropped significantly at worlds but i don't think i I think he's better than the perception of him is right now um but i'm curious what you guys think of of how he's gonna do and and how lgd is gonna do so i can provide some additional context um just to talk about shadow more Uh um and his background so he is a chinese italian he is always like his goal has always been to play LPL as far as I can tell. He's gone to several offseason boot camps to do that. There were extenuating circumstances also surrounding worlds that I will not get into that, you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that that's like a, an issue, but not an issue with him at peak performance or with him being completely serious. Not to say that he wasn't serious. But again, it's like, I expect more from him, but this is a really interesting kind of almost test case because we've never really seen someone who's played in a Western league and then migrated to LPL before. Mm -hmm. So I think this will be an interesting situation to watch. My issue with Shadow when he was at his peak, speaking of his peak, was that he had issues prioritizing his own leads as opposed to playing for situations in in lanes that were not real. Like, they just weren't absolutely fucking, like, this is not a timer that you gank mid here, right? Like, why are you here? He would just um, make it happen, though, some some of the time. Like, there were so yeah, many times exactly. where he would, like, make plays, like, he would just outplay out people. Like, he would just kick flash somebody into like a shockwave from humanoid and it's like all right well i guess that worked out but like his angle of, of, of ganking is like i feel like he just shows up and then he's just like yeah i'm gonna like make the play which is yeah. kind of like a theme I, I i see in his plays i think that he's like not a very like cerebral jungler he's just kind of like really mechanically talented and he'll just try to like outfight you but honestly i feel like that could work in in the lpl like i think that the mm-hmm. fact that he's willing to fight and he's like mechanically confident is a benefit um in this league so yeah i mean i i feel like the lgd team could potentially place even significantly better than where i put them like i'm trying to be more like you know realistic with them because i mean players are rejoining the team a lot of the other teams are are pretty established also when lgd got top four last season the league as a whole was much weaker or it felt like there was only like five or six good teams where now it feels like there's like 10 good teams so I think that's the issue now with LGD is like, even if they are like at the same level as they were, or maybe even a little bit better than they were last season, does that mean that they're actually top 10 in LPL? Like to me, my perception is probably not. So I have yeah, I think the, the other thing, the other thing about shadow is like, he is uh very 
Gil, like I agree with you. Like he's another mechanic, but like I feel like LPL has eight at least mechanically skilled junglers that don't know what the fuck they're doing, right? Like, and I think Shadow <laughs> fits into that decently well. Um, the situation with LGD is when they were LGD, it was like if you get a good mid jungle two v two, you can win the game off of that. That was the twenty twenty LGD identity, and so she is back. You have a mechanically talented uh, jungler as well. So it feels like they're trying to replicate that same strategy again. Um, and I think right now the meta is really, really favored to, to like skirmishing mid-jungle duos, like super favorable. So that's where I have them like maybe shooting up. And then um, like for specifics on Shadow's mechanics, this is really dumb, but it's like every time he has Zonia's or Stopwatch, I feel like almost someone <laughs> uses those better. Then the shadows. This is like a random thing that I like about him about him playing, so that that you can watch for when you're seeing you shouldn't play the games. Yeah, I agree. I think this whole team kind of relies, as you say, Kelsey, on the like the mid jungle two v two. Because honestly, I think Kramer sucks. Like, I think at this stage he's had his chance. Like, he looked absolutely atrocious in spring, and like he looks properly, weathered, man, lane. he just looks old. Yeah. He's just bored, yeah. right? Like fed up. <laughs> Yeah. He just and looks like, like it's like bro, like just just get your last like uh, just yeah. get your last like split in retire and you know we'll just remember I, your career. I hate to bring IG back into this, but I maintain that the only reason that uh, that LGD went to Worlds is because uh, IG's bot lane doesn't know how to play Callista versus Ezreal. Like it's fucking depressing. And how the fuck is Ezreal allowed to live in that game? Like I just I want it. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like we had the joke that was like Farmer Kramer for this thing, where it's like you're not actually gonna get out anything out of him. You just want him to sit there, farm away, and then actually hopefully be relevant late game. But even then, when you're hoping for him to be relevant, he just randomly walk in some weird pathing sometimes and like get caught out and cost you the game. Yep. Like it happened like five or six times in 2020, and I was just like, why are you even here? I remember because I was chatting to um, I sent like chatting to Kobe about why i'm not writing lgd when they went to worlds and i was like he's gonna get caught out randomly and we saw it at worlds where there was that opportunity where i think it was like their last day he was on ezreal and he's just like walking into river completely by himself just walks into orn and they just kill him and it's just like cool now lgd lose the game and i saw that too many times so i think for this it's like if shea gets ahead and you can work with shadow this team can actually have a place to play around otherwise i just don't rate them like i think they're just done for so that's why I haven't really put them too much higher, but I still think they'll hit barely playoffs, but just about. I have more faith in them than I think you guys do, but not a lot more faith. <laughs> but I think they'll make top 10. I think that they are, like, comparatively to some of the other... I'll bring up the power rankings again, hang on. Um, but, but comparatively to some of these other teams that I've put them ahead of, like... Teams like BLG, like I put them above BLG because I, I already talked about Zika earlier, like RA, LNG, UP, OMG, like all of these teams I, I have bigger issues with than LGD. And like LGD, like Shea, I can I can see working right. Kramer, so long as he just doesn't do the mid-game random in that you just talked about, Dagda, like it, it can work. Yeah, Kramer, Kramer can just... <laughs> Just give him fucking ash or something and he'll, he'll be fine, right? Like, just as long as he doesn't do much, he'll be okay. Um, like, I can see worlds where where this team at least makes it to top 10. So, yeah, I, I have a little bit more faith than you guys. Not a huge amount more. Like, I'm not exactly... I've put them dead center of the standings, but um, I think they'll make top 10. I mean, I think Kramer, to be relevant, relies on the opponent laner to not acknowledge that they can kill him. Yeah. Um, in lane, 
because he is trolling most of the time. So I think that that's that's like the the downside of Kramer is that he should normally against good bot lanes come out of lane phase like zero three at most. And um, based on the way that he plays the, the the lanes that I've seen most recently from him, and obviously LPL Pro View isn't super consistent because you only get like two two laners per game. So I can't com- I can't comment on like every lane, but you can also kind of like look at the the game and then see. Like how lane is going based on HP bars at certain points with like the wave pushing and it's it's usually pump control. But the in general, I think when I'm talking about Kramer, it's he can if he gets out of lane as Ezreal or Ash or what you were talking about, he can actually do well. But it's just that I like his landing for me is the most suspect part of his gameplay. So um that's where I'm looking for. I also think that there are a lot of like for me, LPL bot lane is one of the weaker roles. Which is really funny to say because it's like I should talk Gala like all regular season and he super showed up in playoffs and MSI. Um, but I do think that we are missing like a lot of AD talent and LPL compared to historical situations where like AD talent and LPL was yeah. fucking cracked. Yeah, so. but I think that's fair. Like, I mean, Gala showed up in Kaisa at both those. Like, that was kind of the extent of it. Like, you could even see in their games, like, nobody, you can't play Senna. Nobody either. bad Kaisa! Nobody yeah, bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, it's uh, a it's a it's a do not pick on the tier list, so that's why. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like, he's he's not able to like even you can see it against um, Damon that they had to ban Senna every game because he he's just not able to play Senna. So there's a lot of yeah. issues there with Gala. Like basically outside of like Viper and Jackie Love, our our actual level of AD carries really sucks. That's why I'm really hoping that we actually see Mystic come in on JDG. Well, I think fun. having him come in will be amazing. One fung, sorry, one fung as well. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I, I'm going to say something that you guys are all going to massively disagree with. <laughs> when the coin lands on heads, Joe Mung is up there. It, it just doesn't <laughs> land on heads very often. That's all. <laughs> Didn't they literally remove him from the roster? No, no, no he's he just elk. renamed. He, just he is him. elk. He is elk. Oh, elk he is okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, okay. I think saying the coin lands on heads is a little bit unfair. I think it's like if he rolls the not twenty. Like that's how many other options there <laughs> nah. are with this guy. <laughs> okay, more. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. Like I should talk Jomong all the time. My biggest problem with that lane is missing because his name is accurate to like the location <laughs> of his brain. And that's just the way it is. So Yeah. I mean, that, that that team... Well, I mean, maybe now they have three good players, though. That's kind of what you got to look at. You know, like, their top and jungle were always good. Mid laner was uh, kind of suspect. Now, their mid laner is, you know, hopefully able to play the whole split, number one, but also just like, yeah, it's somebody who, you know, is known as being one of the, the better mid laners in LPL. So, you know, I feel like Joming doesn't actually have to do that much to, like, win games. Like, he could just kind of, like... Sit back, let Breed do his thing, let Beijing do his thing, and just like, you know, he'll he'll but, get dubs just by existing. Hey, Ezreal's coming into he, the better. You can will just sit he back. Though, that that, that's like the main my main question is like, will he? Because I feel like WE always play really aggressively in the ballgame. And obviously, like I've worked with and talked to AD carries who they can't like they can't not, right? They they have to go in, they have to play like their matchup this way, and it's it's hard for them to visualize the game outside of their lane. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of things that you can do where it's like you're talking about, okay, how do I how do I play weak side in the sense that my jungler is popping up 
um there's a chance that they they build wave and, and set up a dive play like do i look for the jungler and try to one v one pin like all, all these types of things that they have to learn and i feel like joe Mung just doesn't have those thought processes so that's why we almost fixatedly plays towards bots right like they fixatedly have to play towards bot just because of joe Mung's mentality and the way that he's thinking about the game and then I think this missing just like frequently misplaced too much for the 2v2s to be a successful situation, even when you have like an all one champ like Tristana. So that's where where bot lane for WE really is difficult. Like when they're able to play towards top, they look so good in my opinion. But those situations are really rare. I just feel like they're not functions. I feel like that's something that like there's a lot of footage on in LPL though. I feel like LPL is the best yeah. region in the world at like understanding like the weak side actually like looking for the jungler and killing them on camps like so so often like uh, you watch other regions and it's like oh this is our weak side our jungler is top we just tp top we're making a top play like our bot lane and our and our bot lane is literally at our tier two or they're like basing and like you know doing whatever where i feel like in lpl in general most teams are really smart about being like okay we are weak side but the jungler is solo invading like he's just playing it like these camps are just his and they would like camp a bush and like kill somebody on like gromp and stuff so yeah i i, I hope that that's stuff that like because you're playing in such a high tier league and because you have so much exposure mm -hmm. to what other teams are doing it's easy to like kind of just like copy paste it's like yeah but this is what other teams do we're gonna try to do that now yeah but my argument is that w is doesn't do that like a lot of their problems towards the end of the split were like even Beishong was like playing fucking troll shit. Like he was invading on like weak side side and then he collapsed on and killed. Like it, it felt really awkward for them to understand like trade plays. I felt like WE really struggled to understand early game trade plays. Whereas I consider like in my head, like exactly as you said, LPL in my head is like what I call the arms race meta. Where it's like, if you're ahead on one side, then you fucking just win because the other guy is going to play like the other side and and you'll get the much more damaging, like much more punishing play because you're ahead. Um, you're further on the map. You understand tempo better. Like the definition of tempo in LPL is literally just like the time it takes us to get to mid lane. That's literally it. That's it. That's the definition of tempo in LPL and that's how they talk about it. So um, like it's they're they're just they understand like the fastest move is what wins. Yeah, I feel like Beijing. just when I think about him, I feel like he's one of the junglers, like, with the most, like, upside when he's winning. And then he also just, like, I mean, he just has, like, a lot of, like, volatility in his gameplay. Like, yeah. he's the guy that, like, I think of, like, some of the score lines he has, and it's like, oh, shit, this motherfucker has, like, 17 kills in this game. Like, okay. Like, that, that is a pop-off Graves game if I've ever seen one. And there's, like, the other games where it's like, yeah, he's sending it. But, yeah. you know, like... Magi's Udyr. That's what we need more of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly think Medjai's was underbought in competitive play, like went ahead because of like how efficient the item is and the fact that it's like a, a, a legendary item. So it gives you the mythic passive yep. and the fact that Udyr like can get a Dark Seal so efficiently and snowball off it. But yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I was completely down. And there's so many fights. It, when you're ahead on Udyr, it's it's actually kind of hard to die in a lot of fights. Like you can get away mm -hmm. with the Medjai's without losing those stacks a lot of the time. I, I do think as well, yep. just on final note on uh, on WE, Oh, two things. First off, curses of God. I I pray to the Church of Curse. Um, but the second thing is like we're, we're talking about Joel Mung and how how he Curses plays. Breathe, by the way, for for people who don't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. breathe. Sorry, breathe. Um, it, yeah. It's like months on. I still am getting that wrong. Um, <laughs> but I I think that breathe. Uh, fuck, you've got that in my head now. Beishang, 
Joe Mung, fuck me. Joe Mung, the AD carry on, has, uh, he has Justin Bieber syndrome, right? Where like the reason that he plays fucking crazy all the time and always super aggressive is because when you think back like 12 months from now, think about the team that he was on. He had Teacher Mid that was playing Galio exclusively every single game. And then he had Morgan who almost every game would sacrifice his lane to TP bot and make the play to set up Jolmung. Like in that version of WE, he was God's gift to mankind. He had to be like the big 80 carry. It was him and Beishung every game that would that would carry, right? So it was like, in his mind, he could make the insane play because the rest of the team was just going to come with him and, and make the insane play too. And, and that's how they lost a lot of games. That's how they won a lot of games. So I can very comfortably understand why John Monk plays the way that he plays and why he does make such questionable aggressive plays a lot of the time because when you've been playing on a professional team that literally does that and that's how they win the game for for a while like it just makes sense to me that that would be how you think about League of Legends at this point all right yeah we'll we'll move on (laughs) (laughs) um so so let's 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 talk um, from from the historical context based I feel like W have never not played around and fought. So this is a really interesting situation for them, just in terms of the history of their management, their coaching staff, um, how they want to visualize the game. Um, they actually yeah. have two strong solo should, lanes now. It's going to be interesting. Be fun. Um, so let's let's move higher up in the, the standings then. Um, because we've got, we're now getting into the territory. We, are, I mean, we spent half the episode talking about IG earlier, so we'll move past IG. Um, but we've got your JDGs, your EDGs. Um, this is where it starts to get a bit mixed up on who's putting who where. So let's just go through the power rankings first and talk about where people have put things. Um, so for Dom, we've got JDG in sixth, EDG fifth, Sooning, RNG, Top Esports, FPX. Um, for myself, I've got JDG seventh, Sooning, EDG, WE, Top Esports third, RNG second, FPX first. Uh, Kelsey has uh, RA seventh, we talked about earlier. Sooning sixth, WE fifth, Top Esports fourth, EDG third, RNG, and then FPX first. And then Dagda rounds us out with JDG in sixth, WE in fifth, Top Esports fourth, FPX, EDG, RNG. So our top fours are very similar. However, there are a couple of significant differences in me and dom both have one team making it in over edg so maybe edg is the best next topic um since dom you've got sooning there i've got we there and obviously i'm a bit of a lunatic when it comes to we and sooning so i feel like my my opinion is uh is tarred in some way um but dom do you want to talk to me about why edg is not a top four team anymore um so for me, the the problem with uh, EDG, like when I look at them, has always been like, how are they gonna, like, how are they gonna fare with with Flandre on the team? And I know Nelson's in chat, so I gotta watch what I say. But <laughs> Flandre for me is like, he's going into the territory where he's like, all right, like you were really good at weak side before, and now like your weak side play is just like running it down. It's like it's like it's almost like he's like frustrated with how the games are playing out and like how often he's playing weak side that he's just like running it down now. So I just don't know how he's going to fare in, in a uh, summer. Like, I don't really know where I put him 
when it comes to like top leaners. Like if you asked me before playoffs, where do I rank Flandre? I'd probably have him in like top three top laners in the league. I felt like he was pretty, um, yeah, pretty good in most situations. Now I just feel like after watching playoffs and just like just seeing how how it went, and especially with more carries coming into the meta, it's like I, I just feel like the meta is really suited to EDG. I feel like EDG is going to be still like a, a bot focused team, but now I feel like their top laner isn't just like the stable one that's always doing pretty well while being like you know one v three the entire game. Now I feel like it's going to be him just getting shit on, and it, there's going to be a massive trade off whenever they visit bot. To clarify, I spend the most time watching top lane previews for various reasons. Um, one is I do a lot of top lane coaching. But the the funny thing is, like I talk about uh, how um, the Shy will play the Scion lane. Uh, legit, Flandre will start the wrong skill. <laughs> and like it's 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 just it's really bad. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Like halfway through the split, like I just don't fucking know because he actually played decently early on in the season. And I would say that the way that he thinks about flank angles and mid games is, was really solid also early in the season. And and then it's just like he stopped giving a shit. And I feel like if you look at his history, like Snake when he was on Snake had so many strong starts and tapered off. So I don't know what happens if it's just like for him, he experiences burnout. Maybe he has to think about how he's approaching um, the pacing of the splits in terms of playing solo queue plus whatever the fuck he does. But it's just like so strange to see him consistently like start strong and then be so fucking bad by the end of the split like every time. I don't know. I, I feel like there was a point like I remember there was one game where he was playing like Gragas where he was just ulting randomly and like dancing in lane where it was just like bad. Like I know he's like is he, is he still like trying? Like I know he doesn't have to do anything to win this game, but it's like a little much. Like he's actually just trolling. And then like once it got into like some of the ten situations, it's like wait, like I thought that was like a thing that you were only doing when you're ahead, but now you just look like you're trolling like all the time. Like it looks like you almost want to die top lane, um, and you're like committing. You're like in some type of like mental warfare with your jungler, where it's like, well, maybe if I like die more, then I'll get more attention or some shit. Where it's just like I, I don't really know if if EDG is gonna be as strong as they were. Um, in spring, because I feel like a lot of the teams like have leveled up. Like I think World Elite is is, is um, better than they were. I mean, I think Sooning will be better in this type of meta. I mean, I think Sooning like made a little bit of a run towards playoffs. Like I definitely think they improved towards playoffs, and I think that they're um, going to probably carry that into uh, summer. And yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that like I don't think RNG will win, but I think RNG is strong. I think FPX is like has just a much more clear direction because obviously FPX, even though they did end up being like the you know top two i think they're the best team in, in spring but you know like well let's just say that they're the second best team because that's where they finished i feel like a, like that was a fucked up fpx right like that was an fpx where it's like playing with three different fucking junglers don't even know who it is or getting like streamers to play in their games and some stuff like it was just all types of, of messed up right so like i feel like fpx is now like a clear front runner i think rng should have like least leveled up confidence wise from performing and winning internationally without Uzi, you know, like, so I think that, uh, just the league is harder and I don't think that they're going to be much better. I'm finally excited to talk about FPX versus RNG. I feel like I've been waiting to do this the entire fucking episode. And you just talked about oh, sorry, sorry. You should have said something. <laughs> This is Babies of the Boys. We kind of no, just go no, where no. we want to go. It makes, so. No, it makes sense because it's like I do care about these games because I watch them. Like I think everyone in the chat, it's like 
we care about these games. We acknowledge that most of the English speaking audience doesn't give a fuck about BLG and LNG, but we do. So that's fine. Yeah. It's totally whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're I mean, those teams are fun to watch. Like uh, BLG and V5 are actually like good teams to watch. That was like my cutoff. Like the bottom tier teams, like LGD, Last Split, OMG. After watching like the first like eight weeks, I was just like, yeah, no, nah, I'm just not watching them for the rest of the split. Like I just can't do it to myself anymore. Yeah. But like these teams are. Yeah. That's that's one of the things like, about Rogue Warriors. Sorry, I, I conveniently chose my day off to be like the day where the, like the Monday or something. Teams- it was Wednesday. It was like the day where most teams played the shitty teams played the most, right? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. all right, cool, great. The, that you you perfectly described um, Rogue Warriors for me in twenty twenty was like the the shit team that was always going to be at least fun to watch, right? They were always just doing crazy shit. It was always a lot of fighting and always a lot of like it wasn't necessarily intelligent gameplay, but it was like, look, if I'm going to watch a shitty team play, I want it to be this shitty team because at least they'll be fun to watch. I feel like that was. That was Springs TT for for Kelsey and like I think everyone has their own preferred shitty team that they they, they get to just watch and, and enjoy shenanigans for. But uh... yeah, mine was like Dignitas normally in LCS. <laughs> they're they're my preferred shitty team. Respectable, respectable. Um, all right, let's let's start talking about the top teams then. Um, Kelsey, talk to me about FPX versus RNG. You said you've been waiting all episode. Hit me with it. Drop some knowledge bombs. Yeah, I mean, Dignitas is my, also my preferred shitty team because I coached Big Guns League for two years. Um, so Just could make some audio. Oh, you're responsible for it. Nice. Yeah, I'm exactly responsible. It's like I've, I've been fighting the Dominate as like my biggest war with Dominate secretly is like his Saligo narrative, right? So yeah. there, there you go. Which right is there. still like, uh, you know, it doesn't do you <laughs> any favors when I bring Demonte on my stream and I tell him to rank mid laners. It's like, yeah, I think Saligo's the ninth best mid laner in the league. It's like, okay, well, shit. His team's in fifth, so <laughs> that was me. You think he's really bad? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was great when it was like, I because when Big plays EG, which happened yesterday, it was like I, I am kind of a traitor. So it's it's great when Salio kind of gaps Jazuke a bit. So that's I mean, what happens. I, I don't I know, don't... man. Jazuke just like <laughs> I just can't watch this guy. Like I, it's I, I tweeted out yesterday, but it's literally a JoJo Pian waiting room for me. It's like, can we just get somebody who actually cares? I like. Mean, Dirty Pune is 16. I just want to point that out. That's all, that's all I have to say. That's, that's, that's at the end of the, the conversation. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so... He'll be yeah. 17 next year, so... <laughs> shit, uh, I, mean, I don't know shit about LCS. Comes- this is, like, <laughs> so over my head. I, I don't know yeah. any, of, any of the memes, any but of the, the references. Uh, yeah, so I think going back to um, FPX RNG, which is the original con- question, mm-hmm. Um. FPX versus RNG. For me, this came down to both teams, all top teams in LPL have like a, this is a draft we can't play, like kind of situation because they have tunnel vision so hard on their, their identities. And the main reason why they have tunnel vision really hard on their identities is, is down to, so like they know what they're good at. And this is the LPL identity. Like almost every LPL team, they know what they're good at compared to when you're talking about LCS or LAC, which I'm more familiar with in terms of like how coaching staff works, mm-hmm. et cetera. And those, excuse me. Sorry. This is what happens. You're forgiven. You occasionally, you occasionally burp. Um, <laughs> I've been burping a lot because I'm drinking carbonated <laughs> beverages. Um, but the um, the main thing is is down to when you're talking about how these teams function. It's like <laughs> RNG 
smartly, if you're talking about drafts, played so well in the final in the sense that they really hard-targeted support. And why that, for me, works so well against FPX is that FPX is a team whose identity is almost entirely built around mid-jungle support 3v3. When the meta fluctuates into that space, FPX succeeds. And right now, I feel like it's hard fluctuating in that space, like super hard. Like if your mid-jungle support is not good, like if you can't, if you can't uh, skirmish on the first crash, like at 2.30 to 3 minutes uh, in mid lane versus... Um, uh, Doin B, Tian, Chris, you're probably going to lose the fucking game. Like, that's just the way it is. And that's how it's going to be going into summer split. So when I'm looking at RNG, who have, like, in my opinion, one of the worst mid laners in the top teams, um, they have super good support jungle synergy. So that's, like, the scary part for, for RNG. Um, but, like, for me, it's... If the meta is, this is the meta that FPX won Worlds on, was like support jungle mates, jungle support synergy. Sorry. Support jungle mid. Sorry. <laughs> I'm uh, with you. Synergy. I'll follow it. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's like the meta that they're going to be peak at. And so for me, that's why I have FPX in first on, on my list. It's just like this, this is legit how they win Worlds. This is where we are. And this is how they're going to win LBL. I mean, I think when you look at the 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 team, I mean, the, like I don't think you're getting a better Dune B meta than Silas, Gwen, Viego, all coming into like extreme relevance and like generally mage items being pretty shit. So, mm -hmm. like you're looking for these types of options. Like, I mean, we we already saw it in spring, right? Like, I think I think Dune B is like somebody who's impressed me with like the fact that he has leveled up like he's always been like the good rise player but now like i feel like his oriana is like solid and now he's playing a kali and stuff and that mm -hmm. looks solid it just feels like he's getting like better still which is really impressive for a world champion yeah um so so like uh, for me i just like i thought it was a, a pretty much a fluke that rng beat them in finals like you know i think it was just one of those bracket things where they were just like worse on the day but if they played another best of five like how often do i think rng wins and like if they play 100 best of fives how many times does rng win it's definitely not over 50 in my mind so i still think that fbx is like yeah really good um and yeah i mean i think that just in general like they're just so solid because when you think about like even when they won worlds right like gimgun was stable at best but like was never a carry focus of the team and now they have nuggery who's like absolutely fucking cracked like yeah. somebody who's in the conversation for being one of the best players in the entire world right so i feel like they're they're so strong and the the meta is good for them uh and i, I like I, I feel like now with this ability of actually having a roster going into the season and being able to play the whole season with one roster assuming tn doesn't need to take another break for mental health or whatever i feel like things are just set up for them to be the best team in the world yeah, I think the big one for me is TN. Like, I 100% agree that the meta is set up for them, but it's like, with the the champions that I think we're going to see in the jungle, I don't know if TN's going to feel entirely comfortable on them. I feel like if we're looking like Gwen Viego and stuff like that, I feel like I've, I'd liked him on Lee Sin's. I liked him on the Hecarim and the Udiers because it felt like he could engage yeah, pretty well Yeah, I think Lee Sin is the one. That was what I was going to bring yeah. up. Like, Lee Sin yeah. is the one that's, like, probably now back in the meta that he was always really good on. Yeah, and I agree with that. I just think that, like, if it's just that one champion, I'm kind of like, meh. Okay, like, I think if you can just take it away then. I think if we're looking at the, the rest of them, I'm not certain Tien is going to feel wholly comfortable on them. And when I've seen how he struggled already and coming back into this team, I think if, like, Doombie looks great, I think if Chris can have the champions and work well with that big jungle 
I think it's going to look amazing. But I just, the big question mark for me is how is Tien going to fit into this meta and is it really going to work for him and the team in that style? So, so Lee Sen is the conversation that I wanted to have with hmm. most people here, um, particularly because it's along the lines of when Lee Sen is picked, what are the situations in which it's actually favorable for Jungle? Um, as opposed to Solon right now. Because I think the, the situations where it's actually favorable for jungler, in in my opinion, are, are much lower. So yeah, I'm, I just think I'm, that... I'm, so I agree with that completely. I would say that just junglers are generally way better than laners on Lee Sin. Like, like from what we've seen internationally and domestically, just like the players that play jungle that have played this champion for years have like a higher level of mechanical execution that the top laners and mid laners aren't able to hit. And I feel like LPL is always the region where like, you don't need Lee Sin to be like the best jungler in the game for it to be good in LPL or picked in LPL. Like you just need it to be playable. So now that it's playable, I'm like, damn, okay. Now we get to see like, I mean, SOFM was playing Lee Sin at Worlds last year when Lee Sin was like pretty dog shit, like overall. Like it was just not a yeah. uh, uh, a top tier jungler and he still looked good every single time he played. He, he wasn't was even playing Lee Sin, standard no Lee Sin. Yeah, he was playing like nice bow and shit. So like, yeah, nice he, he doesn't Warmog. need it I mean, to he be met. He weird obsession with Warmogs. Hey, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, just, it's, just, it's funny because it's like going into Worlds and I'll just keep this really brave. brief. It's like Sunning. SFM still played super hard for lanes and he played like tape builds. Then going to Worlds is like, I'm playing Italy, I'm, I'm jungling this guy XYZ. So that's like the, the part that it keeps me having like some faith in Sunni. But again, I think he needs like the second voice in comms. Mm -hmm. But uh, beyond that, just talking about like Leeson, Jogo versus Solane, I feel like because I watched a lot of like Shaku preview and it's the biggest thing for, for Solane, Leeson is having the willingness to understand like you hit level three you're all in is just fucking gonna win versus everyone um in almost every matchup just actually doing that and executing that and i'm seeing like when i'm watching lcs games yesterday that doesn't happen um, well, I, I feel like it's just really matchup dependent like sometimes yeah. you win the all-in but that like i th think the reason why lease and solo lane is so strong is there's so many there's so many different avenues to win lanes against pretty much whatever you're against so it's like if you're versus anar then maybe like yeah your all-in's way stronger right if you're versus a renekton then your all-in isn't necessarily stronger so like what can, where yeah. can you like find yeah. the angles right like so i feel like mm -hmm. lee sin is more like knowledge based in a lane by like being able to like analyze the matchup and being like yeah. do i need to out sustain this guy do i need to fight this guy do i need mm -hmm. to just push the wave and back off like what do i actually do mm -hmm. with my kid in all these situations i feel like, like when you're talking about those Renekton matchups again it comes down to like how you're a lot of times it comes down to how you're using w in relation to like wave manipulation right because it's like if if you are building the wave with like your e and being able to, to wave clear it then you can almost like w out of like cooldown execution from champions like renekton and then as Lee Sin, it's like really easy to just play the lane and find the area where you're baiting cooldowns from the opponent just because you're so fucking mobile and then the the solo laner or on the enemy team like has no cooldowns and then you go in and you fuck him up because you're passive right like, it's just, um, like, that's that's where I, I see the value of Lee Sin, and it, it, it's going to come down to, like, the ability of the solo winners and LPL to execute and our visualization of that, because it's like, I don't actually know, right? How good are solo winners and LPL at Lee Sin? I'm assuming, based on watching Xiaohu play the champion, that they will have a better baseline of understanding of how to do that, but that's not necessarily accurate, because Xiaohu has been playing... League of Legends competitively since 20, technically like 2014. 
he was um in like the not he was in the TGA circuit. Yeah. I think 2016 Um was when he yeah. joined LPL, right? If I'm not mistaken. 20 he was in 2015 towards the end he was playing for game team. Okay. But that was like a, that was like an age thing because yeah. he couldn't join because of his age. Oh, but we've the, seen, we've the seen big, plenty of players like that. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's funny cuz that didn't used to matter because LPL would just forge birth certificates. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Different topic of conversation. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to throw you off. It's just like kind of for me. Like I'm coming from a perspective of I expect more LPL top laners and mid laners to understand how Leeson works, mm -hmm. and so for Leeson to function less often in jungle, even in the LPL. Though I would say that some of our the Leeson players, like I agree with you completely. It's like people just fucking played Leeson last year, like in in 2020, and people just fucking played Leeson in like even to an extent in, in spring this year. Like there were a couple of games, but it's just like if you're talking like again, my my team is TT. If we're talking about Shopong, like would I rather him play Hecarim or Leeson? Leeson every fucking game. Like please stop playing Hecarim because you're just ending like on my screen, and that's about it. So. Xiaopeng is great at Lee Sin, though, to be fair. I feel like he he's also a pretty great Lee Sin. Um, I just want to quickly address something. Oh, excuse me. You're not the only one burping, Kelsey. Um, I want to quickly address something that was brought up in chat, uh, just in case anyone doesn't know. Um, the reason we're not really talking about Bo specifically when it comes to FEX is because um, he's no longer on the roster as far as, as, far as we've the, seen. So FEX announced that they dropped him. Yeah. Like, it's on their official accounts, yeah. So, uh, in the grand... Like talking about Bo feels like like the way Bo the thing about Bo right he played I think ten games of LPL he won all ten games of LPL he has a hundred percent win record Bo is like the he's like the girl you meet on holiday he's your holiday romance you have ten days of just perfect League of Legends it's just yeah. amazing everything's beautiful um, but then you you both go home and you live on opposite sides of the world and the internet's not where it is nowadays it, this is all ten years ago. And it, you know, you realize it just falls later apart. on that she had an STD and shit. Exactly, and like, oh yeah. fuck! Like, what happened? Like, <laughs> and it turns out the, the STD was match fixing, and uh, you know, yeah, it all yeah, just falls STD apart. <laughs> so, so we'll move on from Bo because he's not going to be playing this split. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I do want to segue now into Dagda. I want to give you a, a pedestal here because you're the only person. Um, if I bring up the power rankings again, you're the only person that didn't put FPX in first. You put RNG in first. In fact, you put FPX in third place, and right. you've already talked about Tiana a little bit. Um, but you've also put EDG very, very high. Um, uh, Kelsey put EDG third, but me and Dom both put EDG out of it. So I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your top four and and why your top four is the way that it is. Yeah, so I don't think I'm as negative on... Andre as Calcium Thomas. I think he will still fix himself and come back. I think I don't think it's as big of an issue. I really, really like EDG. I think their mid jungle is super good. Um I don't know what the story is. I've heard Summer, the LPL Chinese caster, say that like there's a 99.9999% that um Clearlove comes back and plays jungle for Summer. So I don't know. Ah. So I'm not but I'm like yeah. not taking that into account. I'm just taking as JJ at the moment anyway. I really like J the the synergy between JJ and Scout. I think they work really well in mid. I love how like Viper is a monster in the bot lane. I think Mako looks great. Like I really like the team fighting from EDG. Um and I think 
like one of the big things that was missing from 2020 EDG was like they didn't really have that star power but I feel like Viper now adds that to this roster where you've actually got someone who's just mechanically nuts and can hard carry fights when needs be. Um, so I, I think I'm just less negative on EDG, but I think I'm more negative on FBX because I really don't think... I think that we do get the... I do agree with the, the guys who are saying like, look, I think that the the meta in the mid-jungle support trifecta will suit FBX. I'm just not sure how Tien is going to fare as a jungler in this meta um i think that's the bigger question mark for me and i think that if that's the case i don't think they're going to go as high but like i also think i'm probably a little bit more biased because like i was riding high on the the bow hype train like i was actually saying fpx is going to win worlds with bow like i was like fully on board with this i was like <laughs> they were 10 and out it's, it's, yeah i was like this is it. this is the roster i was like i think like there's a tweet as well where fpx is like if we win and my my ringtone is phoenix i'm led to be in the photo like i had i'd already <laughs> jumped on this train like i was riding high as conductor but now i think i'm just like I think I'm I'm taking that a bit harsh now as well, where I'm just like, I I'm not a biggest fan of TN. I didn't I thought when we got to finals, he looked a bit shaky. Certainly when we weren't able to see Chris kind of support him as well. And game four, game five really didn't look good. And I'm a bit worried about TN coming into summer. So um I think that's more so the reason why EDG is higher. I think I'm more negative on FPX than everyone else is. Um and because that then RNG rise the top, um I think RNG still look great. I still think they'll be able to play around Xiaohu. I think Bing is still the best support in the world. Um, Crying, I do agree with, is the massive weak point for this team. And if we are looking at that, excuse me, mid-jungle support um, meta, I think Crying is going to be the weak link for that. And I think teams could look to punish it. But um, I still think the rest of the team is looking great. And I'm hoping that Gala kind of riding high off of success now might actually like start to you know, grow a bit more from this, have a bit more confidence and actually start to to move into other stuff rather than just the Kaisa. But I think that is also a bit of wishful thinking because I'm just a massive orange G fan. <laughs> I mean, I got I my little like, box. I got my I little like, shrine I, over here. <laughs> I do like oranges. They're a great source of vitamin C. Um, <laughs> Especially when you have enough of them that you can make an E. Yeah, yeah. That's, no. that's good. So I actually, I think... I actually hang on, I'm gonna show keep talking. I'm gonna show this as our uh, bevy special. Our bevy special. Uh, we've never had one of those yeah. before, but I'm excited yeah, yeah. to discover what it is. Uh, and I just, don't even just, know what the fuck that means. <laughs> just very quickly for uh Richard Hagen chat, I'm drinking Elvis juice by by Brewdog. It's very good. I would recommend it. Over to you, Kim. I will say that I like Brewdog, however, as an EG employee, I have two beer sponsorships. <laughs> um, Wait, really? Bud Light and Elysian, so I cannot express preference for Brewdog at this oh, current time. <laughs> so I mean, actually have a, a signed beer from Uzi that I got in the LPL. It's a oh, carbon cool. beer that is signed by Uzi with Uzi's face on it. <laughs> it's his little signature oh, here. So, yeah, sick. I'm super happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my little Bevy special. That's it's part of my little orange, my RNG, however you pirates say it, shrine that I got over here. <laughs> that's gonna be going. So yeah, I'm super happy with it. <laughs> I, I, I had a question for you guys. Like, what do you guys think about top? Because we haven't talked about TS yeah, at was, all. That was like and the like, last topic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and for 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 me, like, I just wonder how much faith you guys still have in Knight because I feel like Knight was like one of the most disappointing players for me in spring. It's yeah. like something happened to him where he went to Worlds and they like they like took out his power. And then he just like came back to LPL and he's just completely deflated. You know, it's like he had like the fake muscles and shit. Like, 
you know, you, you start realizing it's like the yeah. oil that was injected the whole time. And it's like, oh, so, man, like it's watching me, one, of, one of your heroes die. I'll, I'll go on this. I'll go on this because I'm a massive fanboy. Um, so I believe in top esports. I, I especially believe in specifically Jackie Love. But um, I'm really, really, really hyped on this roster, whether it's 369 or um, I, I'm... I'm nervous on pronunciation on this. The new top laner is it uh, Kelsey? You might be able to tell me there. Is it Qingtian? Qingtian, uh, yeah. Qingtian, mm -hmm. okay. Um, but I, I think that this is the year where Knight comes back. Like to to address your point specifically, Dom, because like Knight has had previously has had exceptional performance. Like I, I think my favorite part of Knight's career so far was MSC last year, where. He just absolutely popped off. It was like LeBlanc with Yu Yanja and Yumi, and he just like literally 1v5'd. Um, like there, there have been glorious moments for Knight, and I think that this is the kind of team, they give me very IG vibes, obviously, where you see them on stage, you see them literally running it down and just like giggling on the webcams. And I feel like they really didn't have a great spring, but I even though they had a really bad spring it doesn't really make me doubt what they can do in summer it makes me think and it, this is gonna this sounds like pure copium right this sounds like pure copium but like you watch them losing these games and you watch them on the webcams you watch them after the game and you're just like i don't know it just doesn't look like they gave a shit to me it doesn't look like they really cared whether or not they won that game and like i've seen them when they do care and they're fucking unreal right so i I, I still believe that this will this summer they're going to come back. They're gonna to be towards the top of the standings. I think this is a team that's gonna make it to Worlds. The question for me is whether or not they can perform at Worlds. But in my mind, I Top Esports makes it to Worlds. Like I think Knight is gonna have maybe the best split of his career. I hope so. Um I think Jackie Love and Juo are only gonna get better as a duo. Uh Cast is a god, obviously. And I'm I really hope that they play a bit of Qingtian. Um because Everything I've heard about him, I haven't watched his VODs in the LPL, but everything I've heard about him is that he's a super aggressive top laner, which perfectly fits the style for top esports. So I'm really, really excited for this roster in summer. Yeah, I think just on the Knight point real quick, I think Knight was a kind of uh, a victim of the meta that we had in mid, where it was just like, hey, you're going to get Orianas and Victors. And like Knight was really, really good in lane at punishing his opponent. And when you're on Orianas and these control mages and stuff, you don't really get the opportunity to to show off that as much and have as much of a just like a lane gap. And I feel like that was the biggest problem for Knight. So I'm hoping that when we do get this shift away from, from that, maybe we start to see Knight come back. But yeah, we'll wait and see. So I'll debate that point. The, the point that I wanted to make about TS was actually different, but I will argue that point because I think that the problems with Knight, so there are multiple problems with Knight. The first is communication, his communication with his jungler in terms of uh, lane states and when you can play skirmishes, which he got better at for sure. And this was like something that I always felt like he understood reset timers, but he did not understand, specifically speaking, the situations where you are needing your jungler to play a 2v2, even though his best champions are like melee skirmishers. So that's why he succeeded more playing things like Corky in 2019 or 2020. Um, and then like Oriana control mages where he can just visualize the fights better. 
I felt that his mid-game fight execution was terrible in spring. And that was more my complaint with him. Where I, when assessing top mid-laners, I had to think, like, how many Oriana Holtz does this guy miss? Like, how many is it just <laughs> fucking whiffed? Like, it's just fucking bad. Like, can you actually call this guy a top mid-laner if he's doing that? So that was a big problem for me. Um, in terms of top in the top lane, I tried to watch a lot of VODs from Chitian. And for me, it was very much like, no matter the condition, excuse me, sorry. Wow. I, I figured anyway, uh, no matter the, no matter the, uh, condition of the top wave, right. You are going to try to set up a play. Like there was an orange VOD that he played, um, in the game, and it was just like, this is, should not happen, and then he can get ahead versus this. Mm-hmm. The thing that was concerning to me was like the Silas game, where he died multiple times because his jungler was on his side of the map in times where good skirmish conditions existed, and he just went for them anyway. So, based on someone who has coached or coaches top laners, my feeling is that he can't visualize mid-game if he's not ahead. Um, whereas, like, for me, some of the coolest fucking wins for TES were 369, like, going for the set flank and getting, like, the perfect fucking set flank and winning the goddamn game off of that. And since TES's macro is so bad, I'm really worried with them. I'm worried about them with this change. So we'll we'll see how the, the split pans out with both of them on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys want to help? Top esports as well. Give us your your thoughts. No, I mean for me, I just I I feel like the weirdest thing. Like what I started thinking about um, when I was looking at uh, when I when I was looking at night was like I started thinking about like when I remember him like really standing out, and I just feel like he was good on control pages, but it's like I felt like the Oriana was never as impressive as his Syndra, for example, and I felt like his Zoe was also like pretty good um when when it was playable and i feel like because those champions were like less like i mean they're just worse this this split like that was part of the reason why he wasn't as um dominant of a of a player and then like what i'm hoping for is that i mean he was always like one of the better silas players in in lpl so what i'm hoping for is like with the new meta of like gwen viego like all these melee uh champions that are coming back he'll just be able to execute better and then also i think that when these melee champions come back, it, it makes uh, champions like Zoe a little bit better because Zoe can actually lane versus them, whereas like uh, some of the other like control mages before, um, when they were stronger in spring, would just kind of like shit on a Zoe. Like if you played like a, a Azir into Zoe, it felt like the Azir would just kind of like have push and dominate the game at least when Azir was like, you know, strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enough. I mean I. Fully agree, yeah. I, I mean, the two guys have made it perfectly, so I don't really have much else to add on top of it all. <laughs> all right, so I'm just looking through the teams if there's anyone we missed. I think we've pretty much hit everything. JD, um, except for JDG. I just feel like JDG oh, is like, I don't know, like their bot lane is like really sketchy. I don't know what happened to um to Lamau. Uh, like, I feel like like Lamau just bad. like became bad all of a sudden. <laughs> it's Lumau, not Lamau. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he knows but actually knows. no in, in, in spring 2021 it was Lamau but historically it's been Lumao um, I mean it's it's LV Mao I don't know how to pronounce that it's, but it's I, I read a that U. as Lamau like, read it like it's a, a U or a double U. O yeah. 
Yeah, Lumao. Yeah, it's it's officially a Lumao. Yeah, it's a, it's technically a Lumao, but it's a yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not even that. It's just like the only way this team won games in in, in spring was the setup of top jungle into crash, which I thought was like the best I've ever fucking seen in any league. It was like the the RNG series. If you watch the JDG RNG series, it's like legit. Lumao is pacing the lane, or not Lumao? Wow, why am Zoom. I so fucking stupid? Zoom, yeah, it's, Zoom. That's because you're babies with boys, and we yeah. all drink while we're talking about League of Legends. So yeah, yeah. drink I historically have, like, makes you stupid. I started drinking a bottle of wine, and I have like a three percent of the wine left. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing is, is that he sets up the wave such that like. No matter what Kanavi wants to do, if Kanavi wants to full clear, he can actually like. So this is an insane like mental concept. Like he can four way crash. A lot of top laners are like three of crash or a trade or whatever the fuck, and it's just like he can actually set up the wave consistently if he needs to to four way crash, just to to accommodate Kanavi like doing whatever the Kanavi wants to do. Like his like, if you want to be a good top laner at wave management, every time Zoom does a preview. Fucking watch it. Just do it. Just like out of I don't fucking care. Like doesn't matter. Well, I, mean, I, think, I think now that's like that was just kind of like um because of the meta, right? Like you mm -hmm. have to crash fourth yeah. wave instead of third because the junglers had to full clear. So yeah, third wave junglers, is too early for you to full clear. Yeah. Junglers had to full clear. Like depending on the matchup though, like you have to crash third wave just because top lane is like can be level one at that point and then the kill is super guaranteed. Right? But at the same time it's like Zoom was good at doing that as opposed to crashing the wave too early or too late, right? Because I saw a lot of people try to crash fourth wave as top liners, and then like they'd be stalled outside of turret, right? Yeah. But but Zoom, if he needed to, would always be really consistent at that. So it sounds like really dumb, but in game it's hard to do, right? So, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I think the biggest thing that fell apart for me while watching JDG is like in summer, mm -hmm. I felt like they had. Uh, like part of the reason why I thought they were so successful in summer last year was they were so good at uh, jungle support, like synergy and like grouping up at early timings, deep warding together, then like turning that into like a Drake. Like, I felt like they had yeah. really insane um, synergy between mm -hmm. uh, Lamau and, and, and Kanavi. So I felt like that completely disappeared. And like, like Loken was always like the stable AD carry that could kind of like sit back and lane and like his support could roam and he would always still be he's, relevant. He's in the good game, Kramer. But now it just feels he's like good that. Kramer. <laughs> yeah, but like that. But now he's just Kramer. Like he stopped yeah. being good Kramer. Now he's just Kramer. I, I, I don't know what so, he's doing in, in in lanes. Like so, so, I feel like they just completely lost like their whole like bot side identity. Let's quickly hit on that because Mystic might well play and um, this split. Uh, Mystic is still on the roster. Uh -huh. Um, so with Mystic in this, does that change anything for you guys? Because because in my mind, this is more about Zoom and Kanavi than it is about the bot side of things. I don't know how much Mystic really changes the equation for me but i, I but i yeah. don't know mystic as a player i haven't gone and watched a bunch of mystic bots so i i can't say i know his style necessarily a lot of people think about mystic in a similar way to way Shao, and i'm again giving it your reference that you don't know <laughs> that's um i think for me like mystic can play the lane the way loken does but mystic can also have a better mid-game impact so the problem with JDG historically has been that 
they don't know how to deal with the fact that their AD requires certain resources or requires certain matchup abilities. So when they went for like things like imp like this, it didn't work out. I think Mystic does what they want, plus can visualize team fights better than Logan, and Logan is just like really bad at making BPS. So for me, it's a big upgrade, but I will always go back to like I understand the player that Zoom is. Because the player that Zoom is, is a player that really understands matchups. He's a player that really understands how to play weak side if, if bot lane is demanding or if mid is demanding. And he can control the wave such that he's like never diveable. He's always going to have a big impact mid game. But he's not the guy who's like, I'm clearly the best player on my team when he is and often he is. So give me counterpick and let's dive on fourth or third wave. Like he's very rarely that player. And that pisses me off a lot when I watch him play because I know he can be the player because I've seen him be that player. Um, but at the same time, it's like Mystic is not that player either. So I don't necessarily see how this team functions in early game unless, unless Zoom is willing to step up and be that guy. Yeah. That's still where I am. I wonder if that's like a symptom of just playing with Kanavi because it felt like Kanavi was like the guy that like got all like the draft resource and stuff in 2020 where it was like he would get always the counter pick and it felt like the games were always set up for him to carry. It was like, okay, you're playing Kindred. You're like when he would play those Eve games, it felt like everyone was just on board with like, how do we get our jungler ahead? And that's uh, that's something that I feel like they kind of lost. Like Kanavi had that like one pop-off game in playoffs, but I feel like his like... um the the amount of like difference between him and the rest of the junglers in the league is pretty minimal now um compared to like i mean if there's any difference at all compared to like what it used to be in like yeah. 2020 spring for example where it was like damn this guy's just like the best i think i think of... you've hit on like one of the sorry, biggest things sorry cut across too much but i think you hit on one of the biggest things that i had an issue with where jdg was like i looked at a lot of their drafts and a lot of their early games and it was just like you haven't really given yourself a thing to do in the early game either it was kind of like a, okay cool we're relatively safe but we're just gonna hope we can get to the mid game and then outplay on the map and kind of outplay in team fights specifically with like zoom kind of being a mainstay for that but it never really felt like they gave themselves an edge it wasn't like a, oh yeah they can easily just like play around a dive topside or they can easily play through mid here there never really seemed to be a thing and it felt like once they as you kind of touched on there dom like they moved away from the like hey let's play towards kanavi style they didn't really know what to do it was there was no transition to a different style it was just kind of a avoid in the early game and then we hope mid and late game go well so i felt like kanavi was super overrated most of 2020 and the reason why i have this opinion is it's just like we talked about Lee Sin always being good in LPL, like these types of jungle picks. Like set Lee Sin was, I would say that like if you're talking about international jungle metas, it was like EU and LPL were both fucking in the dark ages in 2020 in terms of like we're picking Lee Sin, we're picking set, we're doing like heavy skirmishes when skirmishes shouldn't be real or shouldn't be functional and the enemy jungler should be able to off of us going for these early skirmishes that are based off of the mid laner trolling or the top laner trolling or the bot laner trolling, um, getting like much more significant advantages. And that was more like a, an NA and LCK thing. And this is controversial to say it's an NA thing, but for sure. Um, I think that they were thinking about like Nidalee and these types of junglers and what they can do more than LEC, just in terms of picks and how the, the games functioned. Like in the LEC finals, you saw 
um, Nemesis playing like fucking Corky and getting destroyed in early lane and then pressuring that in situations that shouldn't occur, right? So um, this is all to say that Kanavi was one of the only junglers in LPL to just full play. It, it wasn't more sophisticated than that. It wasn't like smarter pathing than that. It was he was legit full clearing while Peanut was players like Peanut were looking for dives that make no fucking sense and losing his entire top side to Latin American teams. So I think the <laughs> like Jose Diodo you're talking shit about, by the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but it's, like, I it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous that it's like, cause it's after worlds, like a lot of LPL teams realize, oh, jungle is important. And then, uh, now Kanavi is just full playing and still not, he's not a creative player. Like I would say his pathing is not creative. And the best things that, uh, come out of JDG are again, what I'm talking about, which is like, they understand the timing of top wave crash into dive better than most other teams but if they're not drafting for that then they have nothing they literally have nothing so i don't i don't know what they're doing i i just want to this is kind of a tangent but there are very few things in league of legends i like more than kelsey roasting a team roasting a team I, I, it's, <laughs> it's endlessly funny to me because i feel like your knowledge is like higher than the most of the teams um we are sort of running out of time here because i know lcs is going to be on in about an hour's time uh, I do want to give you guys a break before before we get to that. Are there any final thoughts, any kind of like last little bits that you wanted to hit on um, before before we round out the show? Uh, we'll go to you first, Dom. Um, hmm. I'm t- let me try to think. No, I don't think I have like anything really that I wanted to talk about that I that I didn't on the show. I think I got everything out there. Sweet. Do it, well, okay, I'll I'll just pass it to everyone. Does anyone have anything last last thoughts that they want to get out there before we before we close out the show? I didn't mean to put you on the spot, Tom. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, no, I just want to say a big thank you to Dom and Kelsey for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I thought we were good. transitioning into talking about LCS and LEC. So yeah, but we oh. we kind of ran out of time. I said I would yeah, give you guys an so. hour for LCS. I'd, I'd rather talk about LPL to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, so my my last standing is um my last opinion is support Danny, who is debuting for EEG uh, from amateur, and that's a rough transition. Uh, that's 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 all I'm gonna say right now. It's good. Uh, were we not counting yesterday as the debut? I mean, it, it is. I think he did pretty well, uh, mm-hmm. considering like thoughts. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, I think Jazuke just uh, is very deftly biased, and he's just trying to get deftly a spot back because I've never seen anyone like actually into game as hard as he did in uh, LCS yesterday. Like that was impressive. Like having getting like your whole team to play around you, getting six plates, having PD Kraken Slayer and Boots upgraded at 14 minutes, and then still finding a way to lose that game is just like impressive. And I just I just respect it as a as someone who watches pro play. I agree. You're wrong about Saligo. It's good. It's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was Saligo for sure. I uh, I have to say, I only watched one game yesterday of LCS, and it was the first game. And there was this moment where I think it was TSM that were ahead. They had Infernal Soul. They're pushing bottom in hip, and they lose a team fight. And I just had flashbacks to to top esports losing to Suning with Infernal Soul. Obviously TSM <laughs> didn't have Elder, but like the the situation looked real real similar to me. Um but with that, 
I think that rounds out the episode. Dom, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us. I know it was fairly short notice, but it's been a pleasure having you. It's been great to talk through um, Power Rankings. For anyone that wants to just have one last look at the Power Rankings, screenshot them now. They're, they're on your screen. Um, abuse us later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abuse us on Twitter or whatever the fuck, right? Um, but that's it. That's going to round out the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you as well, Dagda. Um, and we'll see you guys in two days' time when the LPL begins. Uh, but until then, see you guys on Twitter.